0: Welcome to Moving Target, my Rockfin exclusive. Joining me today is somebody you know well, somebody I always enjoy speaking with. In fact, somebody I see every week these days on Tuesday, and that is Steve Boykinen, uh, host of Slow News Day, co-host of AM Wake Up, and I'm sure many other things, which maybe we can start off with giving a shout out to the many projects you're involved in. Thank you for joining me today, Steve. It's great to have you on Moving Target. How are you? Yeah,
1: brother. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. I, I really like what you're doing with, uh, with this particular show and kind of what it, what it does and offers a little break, sort of, right. from, uh, from what we both do. Um, I have a, a, a lifestyle and relationship show that I started with my Fred Sugar about a month ago. That we're nice. doing every Thursday night. We're gonna start doing call ins. Um, we're, we're, I tell people all, uh, you know, frequently that uh, I am 25% scumbag on my grandfather's side. Um, <laughs> it is, uh, you know, but offered a, a unique perspective. I took my retirement on the front end. I did, you know, traveled for a decade more um, and just kind of, you know, worked wherever. Um, did not enter society officially really, you know, well, Mm -hmm. really, I guess ever. Um, but, uh, you know, that's So we're going to do, we're going to do a call-in show. We're going to pick a couple of like, you know, relationship issues because really what we're talking about is how to navigate the insane world that we're in and everything that's being done to us without addressing it. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: It's, it's interesting that we're, (laughs) I mean, I think it's always been this way. And that's what I'm beginning to see on top of. I'm getting ahead of my own comment, but that essentially it's everything's interconnected. And I think, I mean, this is the reality. No matter, I think you come to find this reality, no matter what you dive into deep enough, whether you're talking about synchronicity or, you know, this, uh, the, uh, what's the thing with the, the, uh, Something science, you know, where you can find the same shapes in shells and your ear, and you know, all the. All the it's weird oh, that everything oh yeah, seems yeah. to connect. Even when you're talking politically these days, it seems it's like everything. My point being is that you're talking about relationships and lifestyle, and it's like, yeah, that that is being attacked right now. You know, it's like everything under the sun is being altered and shaped and in ways that most people don't even are aware of or want. So it's interesting to think about how there's so much overlap today. And it's important that we don't just focus tunnel vision, which even I fall victim to, everyone falls victim to sometimes on politics or whatever they're dangling in front of us that day. You know, So it's good to hear, man, I'm glad you're doing that. Uh, I wanted to say real quick that I think you remind me of somebody that i I'm just now putting this together that, that I worked with, first job I ever really had. It was not ever really, but real job. I was 16 at a, at a, a busted restaurant. And this guy's name was Brandon. And he introduced himself right first time I met him. He said, I'm an asshole. Said, I'm the nicest asshole you'll ever meet. And, he, and he's right. When you get to meet him, he's an amazing person. He cares about everybody, but he's a jerk. <laughs> not that you're a jerk. That's not what I'm implying. <laughs> but just The point well, is you I'm... have... Go ahead. Sorry. I know that sounded bad. But I didn't mean to imply you're a jerk at all. No, no, <laughs> no, no. My point was he's a gruff person that really was like an amazing teddy bear underneath it all. And I just find that you guys have interesting overlaps that I just, and it's endearing. I, I he, you know, he was a good, good friend of mine, but anyway, I'm just realizing that's, that's why I think I like you more than most Steve. <laughs>
1: oh, I'll take it, man. I will. I will. No, it's why I guarantee you. There's some people that are are, are cracking up extra hard because I, I am kind of an asshole <laughs> and, and I like, and I'm not overly apologetic about it. Like overly need a
0: few more assholes these days, it seems in, in certain well,
1: ways. Well, here's the thing, man. The I and I really do I, I mean this absolutely sincerely. I'm I'm not I'm not joking, I'm not doing a bit. I, I really truly feel like there were a handful of people that were allowed to be truth tellers mm. uh, throughout the time that we were growing up. And the only reason that they got away with it is because they were more committed to telling that kind of truth than they were to any sort of, you know, success in their chosen profession, any sort of notoriety in their chosen profession, any sort of acknowledgement for what they did. And like, yo, dude, I'm totally fine for that. But all of those guys notorious for being, you know upon the first meeting maybe the 30th not not necessarily like like overly cuddly you know what i mean
0: the world has a way of jading you if you really understand it you know what i mean like you and this we all seem to understand this you know it's like funny you say that even just i think it was even yesterday i was sitting here thinking about like man even just from the beginning of t lab to now it's like i'm a different person not in ways necessarily as i engage with my friends and my life and who i am and what i believe in but like just the way you view the world and how you' you tend i tend to be a little more closed off and and you know and just and you realize it's because of the things that i think i understand about the way the world works and it makes you a little more concerned or a little more you know you question things more than once or you know and and i it you, I think it just comes down to understanding how things actually are. And it doesn't mean that it has to be that depressing. It's just reality, you know, like we just have to see things for what they are
1: for, for me. And maybe, maybe this is true for you too. I don't know. I haven't really talked about this too much with anybody, but it's, um, the, the ability to, because we can deconstruct narratives and we can see past the narratives, you know, at, at a, I don't know, cosmic, um, phd level at this point like an interdimensional phd (laughs) and seeing glasses on right with the they're just in ground they're ground in at this point it's not that we got any sort of bio enhancement for them they're just literally ground into and part of our eyeballs at this point but but that uh ability to to uh implement pattern recognition The ability to see how narrative has impacted the random people that we encounter based on a handful of sentences, especially on any topic at this point, but there are a number of topics that you can just throw out there. And based on a reaction, you can be like, Oh, okay. I, I know a significant, you know, and take all the rest of the picture in and be like, you Oh, could okay. guess
0: what their next four statements would be. Basically. Yeah. I know yeah. a
1: significant portion about you. I, I did uh, cold readings, uh, with tarot cards at a Renaissance festival once drunk, Uh, on a rainy day and I got yelled at by the tarot card reader because I was actually doing like the I was telling them things about themselves that were you know way more real than they wanted to hear they were all getting (laughs) mad at me and I was just cold reading them but Mm. I mean that's the you know when you do that you tend to you tend to be like oh well I guess I will go ahead and you know, maybe try talking to that person or mm-hmm. your conversation is totally. But it does. It's really impacted the way that people, uh everyone interacts with each other.
0: Yeah, I, I think that <clears throat> what's interesting is I don't necessarily, I mean, I'm not, I believe that what T-Lab does in general, people involved, myself included, and you and other people that I, and, and it maybe just because I, I, agree with your perspectives but i tend to see, agree that you guys see these things if, ahead of a lot of people most people and i i think that we and but i the reason i said that first is because i do think that it's a level of being good at this but at the same time i don't think it's that difficult i really i think we're at a time where there's a combination of things that have allowed like it's a combination of us not being like in the lockstep mind you know melting propaganda you know like where we just people just fall into it where you just take it face value the government doesn't lie or that these things are accurate like that's first step we've we're no longer trapped in that that illusion and so you know that we're questioning things that's the first thing that's not that's difficult to break out of but i don't think that's something that you like can educate yourself about it's like a a choice but then that's alongside the fact that i think the government and people the social engineers I don't know if it's that they're lazy or that they just think they need the same thing again will work, which they're probably right. But there are things they've gotten clumsy with this. Like, I I don't think it's that hard to see if you're first in this position where you're willing to see through or ask questions. Because at that point, it's just like, really, did they just say the same thing again? Like, did they literally just stand up and say the opposite? You know what I mean? I, I don't. So my point is, I think that anybody can get to this point. And I think it's gotten to a point to where if you're just unabashedly telling the truth and willing to stand by it that that's like unprecedented today or how it seems, you know, not, so not to shout, you know, to disparage what we're doing, but at the same time, you know what I mean?
1: Oh no. I mean, you, you can tell by the numbers of mental midgets who do way better (laughs) than us that like actual trained monkeys can sit in front of a camera and pull up some articles and recite what's on the screen. They give some people awards for it. Like it's, it's insane um but uh, you know but i mean you you are correct and so so here's the th- i mean i i genuinely think that um have i ever told you my my myers-briggs theory as in with, like the
0: personality test
1: yeah yeah with, go ahead
0: no i maybe but go ahead <laughs>
1: okay so i and this is all based on a meme but i once saw a meme um that had the, the all 16 myers Brig personality types, um, displayed as you have like a CEO or a figurehead and that's one type. And then there's like, um, you know, uh, politicians, other industrialists or other, you know, uh, like upper echelon members of society that are a couple of other different types there in front of them, uh, are, uh, the media class the chattering class and the educated class that repeats everything out and then and those are different personality types as well then there are also um people who consume that and then there's the enforcement division which are also a fairly specific set of personality types and then there are four that are standing at the very foreground of the meme uh, you know fighting all of this, all of this, Mm -hmm. four types out of 16, which means that you could be in a room of 20 people and still be the only person that thinks like you because those personality types don't break down along, you know, mathematically linear in a mathematically linear fashion. Yeah. So you can have multiple, whatever, I'm just going to make up letters, but like ENFPs or whatever, you have five of those in a room one of you, and then the other dozen could be a mixture of, you know, 11 other personality types that in no way, shape or form correlate with the way that you think. But when we do stuff like this, or when there's a festival or a conference or something like that, and we're all gathering with intention, mm-hmm. and we're all quite literally like minded people or like personality type people. Um, you know, that's when the, the legitimate connections form That's when the legitimate bonds happen usually. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why they've been trying so hard to make sure that we never, ever, ever meet in public ever again or get to go right. do anything outdoors again.
0: Or have dinner yeah. with your or, family or, you know. <laughs> like you or have, have a family, about. period. Yeah. Right, you know, right.
1: the, do they want the state to be the family? Right. 100%. Right.
0: Yeah, I mean, it speaks to, I mean, obviously, like, I, the, interestingly enough, the Briggs-Meyer of all of them seems to be very, I mean, at least it's, you know, I can't say for sure whether it's actually accurate, but when you do it, you're like, wow, that seems to be kind of insightful. But then again, you can find like the big birthday books of just like your Zodiac. And it'd be like, that seems like me, you know, but maybe maybe that too. Maybe that is too. I don't know. But I was going to say the Briggs-Meyer thing does seem to be be insightful, but assuming there's only 16 personalities, you know, that kind of thing. But it's interesting because it does, you know, it speaks to maybe how that, In a Maybe a more intense way by the social engineers is leaned into to understand how to keep us separate based on the way we might engage and overlap with, you know, these personalities shouldn't come together because they'll do that or they could lead to that. I mean, I know that's just a random thought, but I I think we have to accept the reality. And and this is kind of the general focal, focal point of today is that everything seems to be engineered. And that's not even uh, we shouldn't even balk at that today. It doesn't mean that literally everything in existence is fake, but it means that at every level there's people involved, at least every level they think is important. There are people that are actively trying to drive that conversation and manipulate it. I mean, there's examples everywhere today, and we could even talk about some foreign policy like Iran's revolution, supposedly, that is completely led from the outside, as always. You know, it's just it's incredible. But I think that's an example of that where they they plan these things out. And then digital ID and that whole overlap is gonna just open that door to just fine-tune exactly what they think we are, what they think. I mean, God, just guess at the kind of information they have on all of us right now. It's probably well, and scary. if you
1: remember too, Iran was one of the first places where they were putting people on blockchain for food.
0: Yeah, yeah. And this is the point we need to understand where even if when there are, I do I do think there are lower level divides amongst the governments, which aren't actually in control, in my opinion, or rather the people that are standing in front of you. So that doesn't mean that they're not in lockstep for the larger agenda, Russia, the United States, Iran and anybody else for I mean, I just pointed. I mean, irans they're all still giving injections just because they bought they stopped the mRNA. They still have the spike protein injections, which is really, in my opinion, the danger for hurting people at the moment. Mm -hmm. One, want the largest anyway. But yeah, it's 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 pretty incredible.
1: Well, and to to have I mean, just so immediately them, I can't remember her name, but the unemployed activist. Who fled Iran? Who's been on the State Department payroll for hundred grand a year for the last decade or so? Oh, the USAID one. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Be one of the you know one of the uh, uh, westernized voices of this. I have seen some wild artwork come out of op Iran, and this is—I mean, this is all of the the they rounded up all of the Anons that they could. Who took part in Arab Spring, and they were like, hey, boys, we're getting the band back together, you know, no, 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 do your 4chan worst. we don't care, we don't, we don't, it's, you know, we'll round up somebody afterwards, make an example of one or two people, spike football, but we need you to do what you did back in the day in Iran.
0: Did did the band ever even break up is the real question. You know, it's like, it's like, that's the, the the reality, in my opinion, that just so people can see the person's image, I'll I'll include the link. You guys can, that's the show where I talked about her specifically, where she's literally an employee of the U S government. I mean, and exactly the same today, by the way, Uh, Robert did a great article about that. The, the woman's pictured next to Pompeo, which is the one everyone's circulating, which is important to see. She, she literally is on the payroll of the U S government works for the CIA, works with the CIA in regard to her operations. It's the same concept. You know, and this, it's just, how is that? That's not even hidden. Like, it's like, they don't even care to go. Why wouldn't they just like delete that page? I mean, what, why, why wouldn't they even balk at that? I mean, I don't even know why sometimes these things are that clumsy, but it's pretty, pretty well, obvious. I,
1: I was just, uh, I was reading something earlier this morning. But uh, the CIA, they just released a report saying that because the CIA was so careless in the way that they were communicating on uh, chat boards back about a decade ago for about a four or five year period, it resulted in the death of a bunch of agents, uh, number. And then even the story is like a number of whom were Chinese, you know, and stuff like they're openly telling you where they were engaged in espionage a decade ago.
0: Well,
1: I, would, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. They're telling you how bad they were at it. We already know that. I mean, that's pre vault seven release, but then you had the release of Vault seven with their entire, uh, hacking suite just sort of dumped for everybody to see, um, or at least see what it did, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, I mean, the, again, I come back to the thing I asked John Kiriakou, like why, why they just get away with it every always. And he was like, well, they're not as smart as people give them credit for, and there's no accountability.
0: That that I think that as always, they would paint themselves as incompetent and criminal. That's the first thing we're seeing that already start with COVID, where they're like, well, we did what we thought was right. I'm not going to apologize for giving, you know, go get your vaccines. You know, they're they're still pushing it, but they're like, I'm not going to apologize. We had limited information. We knew that was what was going to happen. You know, even though we're proving they knew these things were dangerous. Same point there. You know, it's like my point was going to be I wouldn't be surprised if the real story, which is why they're painting it that way, even as they're painting, we we broke the law. But CIA. So, you know, the real story right underneath that is that they probably killed those people or, or yeah. used them to some degree. And we shouldn't even go like, oh, bro, that's probably conspiracy. They, this is reality. It happens all the time, especially under things like groups like the CIA and the FBI and the NSA and what they do right under the surface. The, uh, the interesting point. You j- probably just saw this. Um, I forget if it was the Washington Post. I think it was Washington Post. The article came out where basically same kind of a thing where I feel like they're tying up loose ends sort of like admitting today that they were previously doing, basically they got caught for, I think it was like the last couple of years admitting that they were clumsily doing bot psyops. You saw that, right? Where they said, oh, well, Facebook and, and Twitter were reaching out to them going, guys, we can see that you're using these fake accounts at a time when they were calling out other countries. And they basically admit in that article that they were pretending to be Iranian students. They were pretending to be Chinese activists. I mean, so everything's just a lie. I mean, we have to realize that at every level, these people are pushing forward these arguments, and that's when we need to start asking if it's the big stuff. You know, like the uh, 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 Abad, what's her name? The, the, young, the young Syrian girl or the Oman kid in the back of the ambulance or these things that we know now were false, but they were huge stories, you know? I'm yeah. just seeing the puppet strings all over the place.
1: Yeah, well, and I mean, look, the, in the case of the Iran thing, there—I mean, I've seen a number of, of conflicting reports about even the student that was supposedly murdered or allegedly oh, murdered or however yeah. that, that I can word. speak on that
0: right now. Robert did some great research on yeah, that. Yeah, well, zero... Sorry, go ahead.
1: No, that's what I'm saying. I mean, the, like, the, yeah, I mean, I, it doesn't seem like anyone's actually provided a shred of evidence that the story that's been presented ever
0: took place. It didn't. I mean, and again, based on the evidence, there is zero evidence of any kind that she was even beaten. She was, she died of a cardiac arrest. There was no proven torture, no, no marks on her body. So my first thought was what vaccine did she take? Of course, fake news conspiracy there. I didn't say she died from that, but isn't that a valid? Can't we ask the question, right? If you were under a a gigantic thunderstorm, would you be like, were there lightning strikes that day? Like we would ask these questions because it's logical, you know? And I think that's at least something we should ask. But yeah, I mean, the story was chomped on by the US military apparatus as always and driven in and we see this assets pop up and the revolution begins. And I mean, there was valid, I think to some level up, uh, protesting, under the assumption that oh. there might have been some foul play. And there's always yeah. just like in the U.S., there's political sides that will protest whether or not there's evidence because they want they don't like the guy in power. You know, you know, oh, here's a good example, actually. I don't know if I have this up. You might have seen this. Yeah. So this came out. Speaking of the in, the fake news push, and this is exactly what we're talking about. I'll probably talk about this maybe today, depending on how much time I have after this. I was going to try to do a show today, but if not, it'll be tomorrow that this came out. And this was everywhere. These people like this, these big propagandists out there that were shared by even corporate media people retweeting this inside sources confirm. I love that. Apparently they're claiming that the Supreme Leader's son, wife and child alongside the top advisors have all left and flit, went to Toronto. Completely fake news. It's not real. And it's been, that's why this tweet is now no longer there because they don't like to stand by their fake news when when they, you know, they, they like to get the momentum going. And all it was, the point was to get it out there that they were losing. You know, and hope that would push the momentum in their direction, as always.
1: I saw I saw an article last night. I think it might have even been in the show doc this morning. We didn't get to it, I had Derek on and, yeah. and I had a yeah, I saw, thank you by the way for reading. I had a great conversation with him. Um, but the I, I think the Kuwaiti government dissolved too, or that was the article. But there's oh, oh, uh, I see. The way that it's set up is that um, the oh man, I want to get it right. Hang on, I, I should I well, should go, actually
0: go and grab yeah. it. I'll br- I'll show another tweet I was gonna had I was gonna bring up in the same vein. Don't you know? Yeah, I'll go, go ahead.
1: It, it is. This will just be a sec.
0: Yeah, just while he's grabbing that, <clears throat> I'll I'll probably show this coming up soon as well. Two people you should follow, by the way, despite their tags of Russian state affiliated media, which even if it's that's necessarily the true picture which i don't even think is true with this i think you just same thing is on rt and so on but the point being is that they are always pointing out valid things that regardless of where they're coming from are valid which is something like this remember when the collective west demanded the US be sanctioned for invading korea cuba dominican republic cambodia laos vietnam Grenada, panama iraq somalia haiti yugoslavia afghanistan and syria and i could add like 15 more yeah, me neither. <laughs> and this is the insulting part about this is that it doesn't matter whether or not you feel that what's happening is justified or that, that Ukraine and Russia, the whole situation was coaxed or not, or it was unjustified. It doesn't matter in the context of this point. It's about whether or not there's consistent logic being applied. We can see that the U.S. government all around the world has regularly taken action, whether or not they claim it's for a good reason or not, that's exactly in the same vein of what we're seeing in Ukraine. And you can say the same thing with Iran and how they act there. It's just insulting you know, and that, that this is a manipulation to achieve an end that has nothing to do with the peoples of these countries. Go ahead.
1: No, no, you're you're, you're absolutely right. And why, it's, why it's a funny guy, by the way. Yeah, like he's it, very intelligent, it, and he constantly a, a making g- excellent points. Genuinely funny guy. I had him, like, screaming at me about three feet over there because uh, he came through, and he, like, communized our house. He <laughs> just like, was like, all right, well, I live here now until I have an assignment. That's and funny. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, And then all of a sudden, like the phone rang, and he was like, oh, well, I got to catch a plane. It was a couple of weeks down the road. And then, so there was a bunch of beer in the fridge that we just kept calling the people's beer for a while. I threw the the link in uh, the StreamYard chat, and it's from dw.com. Not a hundred percent sure how it looks. Just like basically a Reuters grab, um, but it the Kuwaiti government steps down, but there's still an active parliament because the uh, royal family appoints the government, but not the parliament. It's super weird. I'm yeah. I. Yeah, so the move, move comes after parliamentary elections on Thursday That saw opposition candidates, uh, including Islamists, make considerable gains How odd that in Kuwait, people who practice Islam would be elected to the government there um, But I guess they're saying they're like radicals And so the, the government, that's it The government's appointed by the royal family while the parliament is democratically elected and enjoys hmm. more independence than other legislatures of its kind in the region, but they still have a monarchy and a government appointed by hmm. the monarchy. So what's the parliament really doing?
0: It's it will think I, I, this feels to me like the EU over the or over independent European countries, right? It's the same idea as like the United States, in fact, federal government over the individual states. we, we, te- we don't like to play that overlap, but that's the same concept, right? But here what's interesting to me, This feels and if I'm just guessing into this, I haven't read this article, just what you've shown guessing into this, I would argue this is a what I was going to I was muted a second ago, I was trying to start to say that (laughs) it this is embarrassing. For these governments, the existence of the Saudi Arabian monarchy, authoritarian rule, which they pretend doesn't matter while they act like anybody else that's even a fraction of that. Like you have Saudi Arabia light over here and they're the biggest threat to our democracy. But that's OK over here because we sell the weapons and Trump said that's OK. You know, it's just childish and things like this or even the UAE or these other entities that are very clearly not what they try to pretend to be. Right. I mean, if you look at the UAE torture prisons in Yemen just to understand what they allow and don't care about. So I think this is sort of a, at least on the surface, sort of like the Saudi Arabian women's rights pretend movement they did a moment ago to make it look like these monarchies are going the way of, you know, the sustainable future they're all trying to build. Right. So they're going to slowly, even though really, I bet you Mm -hmm. poke into it like you're seeing, it's probably just the monarchy still in control with a puppet. Prime, you know, whatever the way that whatever the the structure is going to be, it sounds like a prime minister and a parliament and the same kind of a thing. So it just seems false to me. And it it just we need to ask why they care about or don't care about these groups, but would point at whether they're limited democracies or not, places like Iran and Syria, and just call them the you know terrorist organizations or whatever the hyperbolic nonsense they do. It's this interesting. I'll have to dive into this.
1: Well, and then the the last line there where it's like. uh uh, they still haven't passed a budget for next year, for yeah. this year going into next year. I, I bet you almost,
0: that. Oh, go ahead. Sorry.
1: I was going to say we're almost into next year. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that had something to do with it.
0: I, I bet you, again, just guessing it probably has to do with the fact that they're dragging their feet for some moment that's about to happen. That will mm-hmm. dramatically change how those funds are supposed to be spent, right? I mean, because right now, you know, ESG and social credit and carbon tax and and all the new stuff. Right. The direction, the bioengineer, the digital ID, like if this all shifts aggressively, everything you're spending money on changes. Think about that, you know, from a governmental perspective, that's everything. I mean, because if then you're not going to be investing in. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to speak to you about fossil fuels and whatever, because they've already altered that in the UK where oil and gas and weapons are all green. So who knows what's going to happen? But uh, it's interesting to see. I mean, they may they may themselves may be thinking. These Western governments are just flying by the seat of their pants. So let's just drag our feet until they tell us what to do next.
1: (laughs) Yeah. 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 And I mean, it's not like they look, if you don't have a budget, it's not like you got the bill collector knocking on your door all the time. Like, dude.
0: Yeah. Or maybe they're just putting all in their pocket. Who knows? Because they don't really care about some of these governments. But, what yeah. what it
1: does do though, um, and the UN, I, the, the, this happened like earlier today. UN stepped it, or came out and said uh, we we would like uh, the central banks and the IMF to put an end to this inflation thing.
0: We, I, you know what's going to happen there. I mean, what what, what are your thoughts? What do you think is going to happen next? Well, to,
1: yeah. I mean, you're kind of you're forcing. You're forcing economic collapse at that point. You're forcing it to happen. And you're forcing it to happen at the, the lowest possible levels, like very, very, very intentionally designed to go gradually upward until you've squeezed out just about everyone from being able to have uh, a, an economic voice in their future. And I think that that's, you know, one of the things that this has always been about is removing our ability to speak with currency, because they told us that money is speech in 2008 or 2010. in that Citizens United case, right? Money is speech and corporations are people. Entities are people.
0: And that's so well saying vote with your dollar. Right. Well, there, there you go.
1: You know, but you're, you're trying to, well, you're not even just trying to, you're not even even trying to vote with your dollar. You're just trying to speak with Mm -hmm. your dollar. I would like to patronize a local business. I'm sorry. Those don't exist anymore. You have to go to Tim Horton's Canadian. You have to go to McDonald's or, you know, whatever. Like the, these are your choices now. Oh, you want breakfast food? Okay. There's a mega Denny's that has drone (laughs) delivery now.
0: God. You know, it's it's not even that far-fetched. I mean, that's that's you know, it's that's... well, I mean
1: it's the next step from DoorDash.
0: Yeah. It yeah, really I
1: mean, is. It's just having a drone bring you your burger and fries rather than someone who's making like 12 cents an hour to do it.
0: I mean, there, there's rapid steps like this happening everywhere. I just saw a store, I think Bernie Sweets just shared this, uh, in regard to a, a new store opening up offering like rented clothes you have to return after mm-hmm. so many weeks you know at just and what's their justification? Well, because of the ever the crises and we're doing this to help the people who can't survive. That's it's being manufactured. We're walking right blind into this.
1: There's uh, a number of courtyards here at the apartment complex that I live at, and uh, just about every evening. Um, a bunch of the larger dog owners get together and all of the big dogs play and everybody gets along and it's all really cool uh, and it's super nice. And they, I'm not making this up. There are people who rent out their backyards so that your dogs can play together in a backyard and have a backyard experience, which I'm pretty sure is totally different on Craigslist, but it through whatever, and there's, people who rent their cars no insurance no nothing oh you need a car to go do this for the weekend okay cool
0: yeah all right the did the venmo clear it's yours this is an interesting what you're talking about there to me if i had which by the way i'm all for some
1: pirate rent and shit like that i really i love that
0: I I see. I think that is exactly what they want. I I mean, almost the most primary thing they want to get rid of the peer to peer. They don't want that anymore. And I think what's interesting is this transition has changed things so dramatically that it's opened up this middle ground where people like us are like, cool, I'm going to I'll take advantage of it. You want to rent this or rent that or I got this or you can, you know, it's it's happening or I'll, I'll sell you some of my vegetables or I'll sell you some of this because people are in need. But what they're quickly doing is that needs to go away fast. Like we don't that I think that's an organic response to what they're trying to do, not necessarily part of the agenda and I think that's interesting because they want to be the ones doing that. The government and these institutions want to be the ones renting you the car and the clothes and the, and that's interesting. So I think what we need to lean into as best we can is exactly that. Like, let's circumvent their digital everything and start going to our neighbors. And this is why I like trying to find a place to move to where you have a lot of local neighbors that are doing individually different things, growing this. Mm-hmm. you got a tailor over there. This guy makes clothes. You know, or the same thing. But, you know, <laughs> different different groupings of people and, you know, lean into that best as possible. Yeah.
1: No, I, I I couldn't I couldn't agree with that more. And that's I mean, there's intentional communities and intentional communities, right? And mm-hmm. you know, some of them have uh, incredibly manicured lawns and homeowners associations and gate guards and all that kind of stuff. And some of them have like you know Jeff in a three sixty,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know, like it. there, there's it, it's you know, but I mean, yeah, there's. I think efforts that have been made over the last couple of years, especially during lockdown Mm
0: -hmm. for
1: these kinds of things, I think people really notice that, Okay, well, they put their their foot on the gas. This really does appear to be, uh, uh, you know, a time of acceleration. Um, It probably is uh, a good time to reassess here. Real quick and see what the priorities really are and try and find some like minded people to make sure that we can can actually do this, because I think people also figured out very shortly into lockdown that like they can't really do life totally by themselves. Most people can.
0: Yeah, I think that's the thing is I think they're desperately I think more people see this than ever. And I've always been saying, I think the majority is an illusion, but I think right now more than ever, what they've done. And this always speaks to my mind to, for whatever it is, some reason they feel this needs to be done quickly. You know, I, I don't, I mean, even they, even 20, 20, uh, Jenna 21 moved to Jenna 2030. Right. So they, they throughout the decades have shifted, but this one feels like there's something they're desperate to get done quickly. I don't really know why it's exposed a lot of their own hands. I mean, their whole narrative is falling apart everywhere. I mean, even Ukraine, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's never been this obvious. And I think they're opening more and more people's eyes to this. And that's why I think it's even, even more necessary to put us all in a position of uncertainty. So, and, well, and good. I was going
1: to say, to that point, they've got people in the streets on every continent. They've got people who wake up to electric bills or energy bills that are 800 times what they were a couple of months ago or last year, what, you know, I mean, they have really put people in a place of uncertainty. They've messed with the food supply chains. They messed with everyone's brain significantly Mm -hmm. for a long time. They flat out tortured children and prevented the developmental skills of really young children from being able to take root guarantee, almost guaranteeing like a whole, micro generation of sociopaths
0: right and, and those are, that didn't die of course from from the process because that's i mean that's not even meant to be facetious and i'm not even just talking about the vaccines to be quite honest i mean there's yeah there's a lot of different ways this compounded to be very deadly especially for the most vulnerable which is just of course the most absurd joke of all that they focused on then the most with everything they did you know which i think is in, intentional personally but you, you mentioned the food let's talk about that for a second because i found that this was sent to me by uh emily my old assistant uh th- this is an interesting shift and this is what i believe we're going to start to see through all of this and let's not forget what steve and i brushed over reasonably quickly but we both talked about this a lot and we we can even get into this more like the obvious fingerprints showing and in that fact that's the title today how all of this has been planned discussed orchestrated and is currently, I mean, every possible way has been coordinated and orchestrated, right? So you can't deny what that it's like. It's what's funny about it is that one arm. They're telling you, yeah, we need to do this because A and B. And then when you point out, well, wait a minute, this is damaging. Well, it's not because of us. It's because of Putin or whatever. So it's like they want you to think this is the right step, but they don't want to take ownership for the problems that it creates. It's fairly it's very childish when you think about it. But realize that they have shut down organic farms, attacked the you know, fertilizer. I mean, every across the world, we can see they're taking actions that directly translate to reducing the food supply or the water supply or the energy supply. So it's really obvious. This is what I think is coming around all of it. So we just talked about the, the clothes being rented. Here is something that's coming out. Uh, this article is called Right to Food. What the all they're saying is, well, of course, because runaway inflation and out of sight food prices seems to be a new, uncomfortable norm. Well, no, it doesn't. It's so – and this is just a self-serving right article talking about this organic thing that just happened. And that, since that's the reality, it says our cover story begins in Maine, the first state to embed in its constitution the right to food. Now, I'm not even necessarily getting into whether or not people have a right to food. You make it. We make an argument people have a right to water, so it seems like a fair argument. But then is that something the government should be stating? And then two, is that something the government is obviously, in my opinion, going to abuse – and do they even care about the right to food? What do you think?
1: Well, i I think that I think that Kissinger is on record saying how vital uh, control of population or control of food is to control a population. Mm-hmm. I know that, that it did a uh, uh, you know similar matter. Um, Kissinger also said it's dangerous to be America's ally, but it's fatal to be a friend. <laughs> and I kind of feel like. Uh, Americans have been told that that, you know, being a good friend to ourselves is by getting on all of these programs. I did a deep dive the other week about the USDA's uh, federal garden registry program. Allison Morrow hit, hit me to that. I didn't even know about it, you know, but it, like it's you go into what uh, registering your garden with the USDA is even in a public space public space, which applies to all of your available land, if you wanted to have like a timber preserve, or there was some water running through it, or some fish, or any particular kind of flower, or something like that, at any rate, um, you click on their priorities, and it's immediately all of the sustainable development goals, and it's immediately all about a transition to the sort of sustainable uh, urban farming that you, if you signed up for this, would automatically
0: have to be
1: ran according to what the FDA, the federal government,
0: said. Can you, it, can you elaborate on that? I, I Alice Morrow is doing great work, by the way. I always, I have always just shout yeah. her out I think she does. You know, she really clearly has an it, the the intention to do as much good as possible. You know, and I just think, and she or we, I, I've been we've been going back and forth since she first transitioned away from the corporate media, and yeah. just watching the journey of ex- under realizing how much is really an illusion. You know, I really respect her. But so what, what's interesting though, go into that. The, the, I didn't hear, I haven't heard about this. So what does this mean? So you have to people are being forced to register their gardens or it's an option or how no, is that- it's an,
1: it's an option. Um, it's a thing that uh, uh, Tom Vizalak, I think that's how you pronounce his name mm-hmm. um, when he was agriculture secretary under Obama tried to get started in 2009. And this is just um, the, the current incarnation of it. Um, I will throw it to you in the stream yard chat. Um, what they, what, so when the USDA was established under Lincoln, Lincoln referred to it as the people's department or something like that. So Vizalac gets into office and says, what is, uh, and starts a People's Garden Initiative. And so they, you know, they point to Lincoln um, trying to, like, I guess, unmarxify it. Huh. <laughs> but, <laughs> but. Um, this is crazy. So they want. So they they tell you on all of the first several pages that it's only public land already. It's only public spaces. The pilot project that they have is in front of the USDA building in DC. Um, it's all like raised beds and well manicured and blah blah blah. But they have urban hubs that they want to become primary food source centers. For all of the and so they're encouraging a specific set of GMO seeds that are climate proof.
0: Are you forced to do that if you sign up with this program?
1: If you sign up for the program, they they uh, encourage you to do it to their specifications. But I so here's here's the thing: they're doing this with ranchers and large scale ag too. And Allison had uh, a guy on um, who's part of the Beef Initiative. I don't know if you're familiar with that or not. There's a dude called Texas Slim who's one of the co-founders of it. He's a regular in the the No Agenda community. Um, we've had him on, um, but uh, they uh, one of the ranchers applied for a USDA, you know, sustainable. Uh, what is it? Uh, oh man!
0: Oh, that's interesting. Go um, ahead. I said thought, but
1: it's basically like like a sustainable. Uh, uh, you know. Uh, reclamation of the land, no inorganic, whatever you, the cows are themselves are fertilizing all of the stuff around it and blah, 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 that kind of thing. They applied for it. They checked off all of the boxes. They were overqualified for what they were doing, you know, mm-hmm. small family ranch, all sustainable, all, uh, you know, um, Um, I guess, uh, Oh God, I can't remember the name of the agriculture and it's going to drive me nuts. It really is. (laughs) Um, it's a re something and I can't remember. Um, at any rate, they checked off all the boxes. They applied for the grants. They were turned down for the grants. When the USDA announced the list, it was all like Walmart. And JBS, all of these major national corporations. So now when you go into a big box store or a big chain store or something, there's likely to be in it a, you know, this location is proudly supported by a local rancher. And it's again, it's the same. You have to, you know, abide by the USDA protocols for their particular brand of agriculture, or their particular brand of ranching.
0: It feels like a politicization of of the entire like this. The thought that came to my mind was the idea of like when you mentioned like the USDA kind of like you know whatever stamp you know grade grade A uh, organic or whatever they're claiming these things are. Where this will, of course, my mindset, just to be transparent, is trying to think about why that would be happening and what you know nefarious agendas behind it all. This is I hate to be pessimistic. That tends to be what you find when you dig into these things. Is it really about what's right for you, or is it about controlling the food supply and getting people to understand and do things differently? So it's voluntary. You don't have to do it, at least as it seems. So my thought would be, this feels like a way to transition people into meeting certain criteria, or they do don't get or qualify for things they previously were getting like a certain grade or a USDA stamp or, or talk about organic or any of these other topics. Why wouldn't they st- suddenly start shifting and create, and maybe they already are. This is, this might be something people can dive into like the, the definition of organic suddenly includes a certain sustainable development goals metric where you have to reach mm-hmm. this certain level or use certain things to get that. Even if previously it was organic, that would be and then suddenly the same people thinking they're going in the right direction are only buying the food that supports the new direction and all the real organic farmers are being shut down, as we can see. That's an interesting thought.
1: So there, there's a couple other there's a couple other points that correlate with that too. And one is the reason that we have so many Monsanto brand uh, you know, GMO corn and soy products is because there would be a farm that got bought out by Monsanto, mm-hmm. they would plant their proprietary seed the wind would blow, right? or bees would happen, and then they would go to the farm a couple of miles down the road and be like, hey, you're growing our stuff. Well, what do you think is going to happen with all of the GMO climate-proof seeds that they plant in all of these community gardens all over the place if they can get people to sign up for it? Uh, Most likely in town center, but all of them come along with a bee project, too. They're really pushing bees. The bees are going to take pollen from all of the genetically modified stuff and it's just a very soft power way of introducing all of these proprietary GMO thing it's a way to get rid of heirloom seeds heirloom strains for people who don't already have access to the vault in Iceland or whatever
0: right I mean, this is an old topic. You know, I remember writing about this decade, more than a decade ago, I think. And the, the reality is that they I mean, one thing people should look into and this you could prove this using Monsanto documents. They, they like kind of try to sidestep and act like it's not proven. But the idea that they did verifiably per, create what the, what the term at the time was Terminator seeds. And these were seeds that would not what's the right term uh, produce, You know, they wouldn't, they would be one season and they're done. Yes. Yeah. Zero, quite,
1: zero germination. Yeah. Right. Or and not they, germination, they, but zero pollination.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure which one is correct, but yeah. Yeah, they don't produce, you don't get n- more seeds after that. You have to go back to Monsanto and buy more or Bayer. But, but the, what's interesting is this is in their – their term their documentation proves they made it. They just claimed that it's on a shelf somewhere. They never actually brought it into effect. That then translates to corporate representation as that's a fake story. They're not using those. It's like, well, I didn't claim they used them. I claim that they have them, but then I do think that they have been used. That's what my point is about these farmers. And your point is there's a great documentary, Food Inc., mentions this, where they talk about these farmers. They're like, you know, they just they see just blew over, and they claim they have patents on them which patenting life shouldn't be something we talk about, but that's that's long since been changed, and that's happening now. Another overlap is whether or not you're now different DNA-wise and whether you're now patented by Monsanto well, and Pfizer. What do you think about that?
1: Um, uh, irrevocably so, in my opinion. And I was trying to tell people that from day one. I was trying to tell people that this is potentially – What, uh, where the division between human beings and whatever is next Mm -hmm. starts, and that I don't know, I don't know 100% whether or not. that that's completely accurate, but I do know that according to all of their own documents that have been out for a number of years before the COVID thing and in conjunction with several of the exercises like Lockstep and 201, that the, the technology was at least according to them in development and the goals for the, you know, basically like biomedical diagnostic system to be introduced into the human bloodstream just as a jumping off point was underway. And at that point, if you've got a diagnostic computer running through you at all times and it doesn't dissolve and it doesn't go away and you don't have to take anything to keep that going, you, in my opinion, have ceased to be a, you know, a a human being as we knew them, you're you're now a, a modified something but it's not and it's not elon's ex um saying what was it homo techno something instead of techno sapien which even sounds
0: way cooler yeah yeah it does i mean it, this whole it's it's so very on the surface and this is a point about th- those those talks or symposiums or these things they're everywhere talking about this as if it's tap i mean it is happening now like before they were talking about it as like some distant future they did on purpose. So we think it's, Oh, that's, you know, 30 years from now, I always make the joke about the boys life magazine, where I was a kid reading on the back about the flying cars. You're like, that's like you know, hundreds of years from now, you know, they, they, they frame that even though like when we're reading that, they're literally using that technology. It, that's what's happening. It's like, they're in the process of creating this. The idea of the patent part of this though, is I was looking for a clip that I know I've got somewhere talking about this and the transition and the legal process that was done to allow them to patent life. But that this has been happening for a very long time, and it's not hard to understand. It's been proven, peer-reviewed science, that this does change your DNA, 100%. I mean, there's just no way we can get past that now. There's been, I mean, four or five different peer-reviewed studies. So that then poses the argument is if it did change you, and they've patented that specific, you know, whatever we're talking about, then legally speaking, if they get to that point to where it becomes a discussion, then that's possible. I don't know why we would quibble about that.
1: And uh, and you're, you're absolutely correct. And then the other side to that too is if there's only uh, adverse events and detrimental long-term effects to be had from this product, and so it's going to generate the need to create other products to alleviate or offset or combat it, then you have effectively, patent or not, become not just a permanent customer, but effectively the test property of yep. Moderna or Pfizer or whoever else without, you know, signing anything, without doing anything, that, zero consent involved.
0: Yeah. Well, ju- just remember in the beginning, uh, Whitney and I talked about this way back in the beginning, and this is just not even a talking point right now, that Monsef Salawi, who was the head of Operation Warp Speed under Trump, openly admitted that they were gonna be doing what was called pharmacovigilance. And this Mm -hmm. is not the discussion about monitoring people in the trials. I mean, it's the same conversation, but that's different keeping track of what was happening to them while they were in the trials, the pharmacovigilance he claimed was going to go on for two years after they leave the trials and anybody else taking these injections during, and I think that's how this is going. That people are getting injected. They're being watched for multiple years following this and they both open. That's why the trials even listed said they went till 2023. You know what I mean? This is all on the record. And so I think, and they talked about things like, um, what was it? This wasn't Palantir or maybe that was it. I forget which system they talked about, like using one of these systems to monitor and so on. And so they are watching to see how this goes. And you're, Palantir Palantir
1: has contracts with either four or all all five of the five eyes countries with all of their different health systems, Palantir and the NHS are like that. Mm -hmm. Now, um, the, uh, what what's his name? Uh, Neil Ferguson, um, from the the UK college there that has done disaster porn and fell up every time he's been wrong. Yep. Uh, has I, a, a like lifetime partnership with Palantir.
0: I genuinely think that he is paid whether it's stated or not to be wrong in the direction of what they want to not, you know, again, whether he even realizes that, like, there's a lot of people like with Iraq war is a good example people that got aggressively wrong repeatedly and got promoted for it. Or then people like, uh, Jesse, uh, um, I don't know why I'm blanking on his name. All of a sudden, shoot, you know, Jesse... Ventura? Ventura, thank you. I don't know why I can't remember his name. He, he, you know, was one a, a glaring example of somebody who was waving the red flag and screaming what was going on and then, you know, clearly got relegated as some kind of conspiracy theorist. You know, same thing today. It's just, it's every time that's like that. They get, look at Rachel Maddow and Russiagate. You know, it's like they get, you know, he, Imperial College of London, specifically Neil Ferguson, as you pointed out, have been wrong, not just a little bit, but catastrophically over and over and over. And they still get, even right now during COVID, they're still going, Hey Neil, what's going to happen next? It's like, really? they're still giving grants to EcoHealth and Dozik. I saw that. I was going to talk about that again today or tomorrow that that's, yeah, I I had, I had
1: I didn't put anything COVID in the doc for this morning because it was oversaturated with other stuff anyway. And I was like, well, I know I'm going to wind up talking about it at some point, mm-hmm. but I mean, and they had just made a, a big ordeal about uh eco health Alliance getting shut out of like one part of one grant or something like that. And people were spiking the football, like they got Dazak or something. And I'm like, look, you guys, can you read two paragraphs down? Yeah, right. It's it's in the
0: same article. Well, no, and but that's
1: oh, it's the sensationalism and the clickbait aspect of what we do that just kills me in man. the two
0: party paradigm. I I mean I know there are people that aren't necessarily tapped into it that are still dishonest, and that just anybody anywhere will to some level you'll find people that'll be that way. But the two party paradigm is, I think, what you're talking about the most is they. That's why that happens. That's this grouping mentality. This you know, even though they argue that that's the opposite of what they are. Like collectivism or whatever, but they, they all gravitate to the same arguments and the same subjective statements, and you know that this thing gets stated and the narrative's already pushed out because that's what they want it to be, and you know, it happens everywhere. But the the what's p- irritating to me about the DAZAC and Eco Health Alliance conversation is that I made this point. I think you even did too right in the beginning, is that when this first happened, even when Trump stood up and said, you know, we're defunding, we want right at that moment, and still to this day, there is numerous other labs in China doing very similar research that never stopped, never. And so the fact that I mean EcoHealth and DAZEK are, are names that we and it's concerning. Like I I thought the no effing way. Like that's the, I think what they want to do is do that so it's like well what you know, that's a conspiracy theory. We're doing it yeah. because it's not a big deal and it is okay. And so the average person will think they wouldn't do it if it was wrong. Like that's how they get them, you know? Yeah. But it's 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 relatively not important when you think about the fact that it's never actually stopped. The EPPP research or whatever they call it now, gain of function. It's still mm-hmm. happening. And it's an overlap of the US government and uh, and China, and it's during Trump, during Biden, during anybody. I mean, this, this is the illusion of it all, but yeah, it's a big deal. My, I think it's important.
1: It, it, it is, and I apologize because my dog snores like a drunk lumberjack.
0: I can't even I hear be... him though, so no okay. worries. Okay, it's I'm the same way. My, mine's mine's uh, you know, that's how it is. She's she's sleeping right there. She's not very loud, but you know, it's there. Uh, I've
1: I, Vanessa Bealey has sent me voice recordings of her dog snoring. Because she's got a she's got a pit too and uh, oh dude it's it's so hilarious so hilarious but my, also very distracting
0: yeah yeah my my old pup uh she used to, she every single time she slept she would dream i know some a lot of those like that but but not all of them it's like you know the active imagination and that's what would get it would be funny we i'd be on a show and it, you'd hear the you know yip, 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 yip you know <laughs> her her feet hitting the, the desk or something like that she's always dreaming but they're they're amazing man i i don't know i couldn't have a i wouldn't uh be the same person without him. i think personally no
1: dude i gotta tell you man, i mean it was an interesting couple of years before the the whole like leading up to the lockdown and during all of that and all that kind of stuff man and i'm really glad i
0: have a dog yeah oh yeah you know what i mean well like remember that really they were trying early. to even separate people from their dogs during this process. They just didn't want you to have any they wanted you desperate and confused and emotionally empty. That's what they wanted because those are the people that make mistakes that are irrational. You know, emotion specifically I think, but yeah. Well, and they and, specifically
1: targeted the people with just enough education
0: of course, the lowest and, common denominator. That's always what they aim for. Cause...
1: Well, and, and they got to do it along partisan lines. They got to attack the, the two-party paradigm, the two-party illusion, delusion, whatever you want to call it. They got to mm-hmm. attack it along those lines. They got to take an entire generation of people who had been raised by John Stewart mm-hmm. to know that they were morally correct, intellectually superior, and in perfect position to just heap whatever vile smug mm-hmm. you know uh, intentionally snarky and cruel uh jabs at anybody who was like hey wait a minute but i have a question
0: yeah and 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 worse yet and this is the thing that always gets me the most upset they frame that as virtue and mm-hmm. altruism and i mean th- again i make this point all the time in like foreign policy it's you know There's something to be said for the person that will willfully do that kind of thing, knowingly take action against somebody for just having a different opinion. But then the person that then does that maliciously, but then stands up and goes, I'm a good person for doing it. They are the worst of the worst of the worst. And I can't stand them. Like the point of foreign policy is, you know, murdering someone is terrible and that the criminal and they should be put, you know, whatever. But the person that does so and says it's the good of the people or for freedom. They're disgusting. I mean, worse than the murderers. You know what I mean? Because they're also murderers. They're just standing, acting like it's good. And it kills me because the nurses and the mom, the people out there that were like reveling in their ability to force someone to do what they thought was right. They're disgusting human beings because that's what they wanted. It wasn't about right doing right. It was about going, yeah, Jill has to do it good. You know, and it's gross. I just can't stand that. And they, they aim at that man. Like you just said.
1: Oh, I really do feel like that that particular attitude among that particular like not not even necessarily class, but like television educated generation. Mm -hmm. And I said, I mean, I I use Jon Stewart's name. He's just one of those people that, in my opinion, is a very big driver of the overall like online attitude that we saw because it wasn't. It wasn't really the like Zoomers. It wasn't even a whole lot of the younger millennials that were super vicious about it. It was people that were you know like my age, older that were were scared. Were you know and like yo, dude, I get I I I get it, but these are again these are people that that and I've I've made this point before, so I forgive me if I'm doing it again. But I mean my my oldest son, uh, you know, was in kindergarten when uh, the exact same moms who would roll up with like three masks and homemade hand sanitizer and a two ounce thing for their kid to go to school with and some in the car and like all kinds of other, I'm not even kidding. I'm not mad. Mm-hmm. I've witnessed this. Yeah. Um, they were the people uh, uh, 10 years ago when they pulled up the kindergarten That we're like, what do you mean you have all this antibacterial stuff in the classroom? Are you trying to kill my child? What crap are you feeding them at this school? We're going to have to do something about this. What? Hang on. Hang on. What's what's in the the curriculum today can we sit down and talk about this and now it's like oh no 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 if a parent has an opinion about what the teacher is doing that the parent is automatically a domestic terrorist and if the parent isn't complying with everything that one particular party in the government says and it doesn't matter which one really I mean it does for the school but in general it doesn't you're not complying with one part of party in the government or the other Automatically a domestic violent extremist, and uh, anything you say is automatically discounted, no matter what the weight of the evidence behind it is.
0: It's an interesting thing to think about too. Cause that and that's one microcosm of the bigger, you know, macro the, the picture we can see that's everywhere where these people like the vaccine passport thing, where it's it's fake news twenty twenty, and then twenty twenty one, it's fake news that you don't use them. You know, and it's like it's just the same. Ba- it's just wildly contradictory where there were moments ago. But what's interesting is. It's like they tapped in and realized, okay, the thing that drives these people the most—not e- maybe not, not even fear—more so is the is the adherence to social norms or the adherence to you know the, the appearing to be the kind of person that your community group says you're supposed to be, whatever. And that's more important to them. That and I mean, are you telling me that mom can't look back and realize that whatever that turn happened that moments ago, they were doing the exact opposite? I think at some level they know. They just go, oh, this is now the right thing to think. Okay, now I'm there. And it's right. It was right then, and now this is right. They're both right. You know what I mean? It doesn't even matter. It's the right thing because they say it's the right thing. It's, it's like the KJP saying on, on the record that it's, well, we know because the CDC told us. And it's like, okay, we got that. But how do you know? Did you look at no? They, they told – It, it doesn't, there's a disconnect there realizing that you don't know. You just know what they said, and, and they they conflate those things. You know, It's what? very interesting.
1: And the more often they have to repeat their own mantras to you, the more likely they are to start believing them. It's all reinforced in the bubble where they work. Every time somebody challenges them, it's with a new source that is foreboding. You know what I mean? And so everywhere they're going to look, even if they get a little bit brave and maybe go like marginally outside the bounds of where they would normally get their information from, it's still usually just a reinforcement of that narrative. And so they're even more certain when like the intercept is completely reinforcing everything that uh, MSNBC
0: said, right, yeah. right. <clears throat> so is, I was, was going to say this play. This this is a role that's very important in all of this. That they there are people in in the independent media. You know, doesn't that necessarily just because independent media doesn't mean that they are one independent or two that they are necessarily honest, but that it's it's interesting to see that kind of thing where there's a lot of these bigger groups that have shifted in this position. Sort of like when you saw the past, like Vice became Vice, you know, or or uh, uh, what's the other one? The Democracy Now became Democracy Now, you know, and it's like where they they at, whether they were ever actually what they seemed to be in the beginning, they've shifted into something that's basically mainstream media light. You know, or the Young Turks or whatever these groups that are they, they're playing their role very specifically right now. And But I even think there's another third level of that where it's like those people, people, anybody with their eyes open can be like, yeah, they're just mainstream media now. They're doing the same thing. So now there's this new grouping of people that are coming up. And, you know, if we always just have to be aware of that. And I think they play a very careful role because it allows the person to pretend that they're not trusting mainstream media because I've got an independent source that says the same thing. Well, they're saying the same thing. It's the same narrative and the same push. You can listen to all of them, but question all of them. And that's not what they're doing. You know, it's very clear that they're choosing to, to grab onto the narrative that fits them the most or that makes them feel like they're virtue signaling the right way. Sad.
1: Well, and I've taken I've taken a bunch of heat for um, for just for pointing out that uh, the metrics on what is mainstream media have changed along with technology and mm-hmm. along with the way that people access their information and anyone who wanted to have even a halfway successful narrative managed operation would if not be outright trying to put their people on as anchors would be putting people that can, you know, plant seeds or, or just come on as, you know, an official source who isn't really part of the machine or maybe used to be in the CIA, but isn't anymore, but is still, you know in his early in their early 50s and in great shape it looked like they talked to people in the company on a regular basis (laughs) um but i mean the this is the the mainstream media you you can say kind of well there's no direct connection between you know raytheon and the young Turks or uh, Stephen Steven Crowder or Joe Rogan or whatever, they all have parent companies.
0: hmm Th- And, and that, those
1: parent companies definitely have relationships with, with the companies that everybody doesn't that's the want key. You to have a relationship with.
0: Anybody who's this is this is why I'm proudly always point out that we're people funded from top to bottom. I don't control who donates. I don't care if you want to come donate tomorrow and send a ten, hundred thousand dollars. I'm still right. not. It doesn't. I, I don't. I don't even know unless I look what name or where it came from. Or it's not solicited other than saying support us. You know. Mm-hmm. And but again, I don't. I don't expect you to just blindly believe me in that. But you know, you do your research, look into it for as far as you want. The point is that's what I pride myself on, and it doesn't also mean that because somebody takes funding directly from somebody out there that's come that they are then influenced. But typically what goes along with that is some kind of influence to certain statements or certain advertising or, you know, whatever. It doesn't have to, but a larger groups like that. We now see on like a Spotify and Rogan, we can see that there's a level of censorship or, well, let's not pretend like they don't have some kind of overlap with what goes on there. And it doesn't have to mean that, you know, whatever. I I don't know. I don't know for sure. I'm not saying I can prove that, but I do know that that happens. And so my biggest concern is when these entities that are claiming to be independent have, you know, shadowy funding behind them. And that's always in history. Turns out to be that that's usually a problem when you finally it comes, it's revealed. And it's oh, it turns out to be Soros or you know, whatever. It's like, what a surprise! But we should yeah. just question that stuff. It can certainly, but going back to your point about source material, and something else I pulled up, I thought was interesting. This is a tweet that I saw today that I'm going to go into at some point on a show in the future, just because of the comments being made. But somebody commented this that says, So this was a first for me. I've been really kind of poking at this whole uh, Red Cross blood discussion, which by the way, here's the show I'll include. I'll just do this. so I have it. Oh, I'll, I'll get it afterward that you should watch because it's undeniable. I've got Red Cross on the record on a phone conversation where they admit that the antibodies produced by people vaccinated weren't strong enough. And that's why they didn't use them. That's nowhere in their conversation. And so still, the conversation is that they just have no problem. But Red Cross, I don't know if you saw, recently admitted that they don't they don't they don't they don't, they, they mix unvaccinated with vaccine. They don't they don't label it. It doesn't matter to get taken equally from everybody, which is crazy. So that's when coming back to this. They said, so first time for me, patient declined blood transfusion if the donor had received a COVID vaccination. This person who now blocked me, which is my point today, said this sad misinformation kills. OK, so I followed up and I said, yes, it does. Oh, no. The Keens first said, yes, it does. That's why this doctor really should be more informed and posted my show. I responded to her who blocked me as well, and simply said, "There it is. You're blocked." Mm-hmm. I simply said, "Thank you, who posted my show." But instead of posting my show, which they will no doubt dismiss without review, which of course they do, post the science they claim to trust. Here are just two, two, just two of the numerous peer-reviewed science links in the show show notes that prove that it is in the blood. Okay, it's as simple as that, and you and I, you, you've seen these probably. This one shows yeah. circulating exosomes with spike protein in the blood circulating. The other one is the one that shows 11 of 13 people finding spike proteins circulating in the blood within 24 hours. These are peer-reviewed science. You just can't pretend they're not there. So first of all is to realize this doctor doesn't know it's there, doesn't care, and the person who, when confronted with the reality of what she thinks was misinformation, blocks me.
1: Oh, wait, Man, is- those, are, those are great flags in that bio, too.
0: I know, right? <laughs> it's just, but it just kills me. And this isn't new. We all see this. Maybe she's a bot. Who even knows? But we—it's what's killing me, though, is that people have been conditioned that, oh, if it's not CNN or, or whatever they believe in, to just disregard it without even engaging with it. But that is literally the definition of ignorance. That's willful ignorance. Blows my mind. I, and I think that was really it. I don't know if you had any comment on that in general. Oh, and this was the other one. Um, where was it? where they're making the same comment that I'm, I'm attacking all over the place, which is mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll read it next. Go ahead. Do you have any thoughts on the, on the blood transfusion part? I, well, no, I mean,
1: you're, you're correct. The, there's no, there's no way you can walk around saying we haven't seen spike proteins in the blood. There's no way, there's no way you can. So at that point it becomes either the person with the medical degree that I'm talking to doesn't know anything about what they're talking about. And I right. should, you know, if I have a, a business relationship with this person, I should end it yeah. um, or, or this person is deliberately lying to me. And if I have a business relationship with this person, I should end it. Um, but I mean, you should also be able to talk about these things without fear of, you know, being attacked at least any worse than the person who was lying to you is, you know, has the answer for what they did. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I just i just then, bring this up since I mentioned it, I grabbed it real quick. There's the Red Cross literally saying verbatim when asked, is it labeled? Do you label these back and forth in regard, response to some other thing about blood transfusion? They said we don't label blood products containing either or because the vaccine does not enter the bloodstream. That mm-hmm. was on September 13th. I mean, it's 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 just that's where that's what kicked off this re-discussion of this for me and brought up all the old stuff and and I've just been going around and the point is these doctors don't know or don't care and when confronted with it they just disregard. I mean, I even I even commented underneath the doctor as well. I think uh, on one of these and just basically just did the same thing. I said, you know, are you? I mean, you, have, you care to comment? You know what I mean? It's like and they just they just d- delete or oh maybe they did. Let's see. No, doesn't look like it. In any case. I just think it's really crazy that this is a, this is a pandemic <laughs> of I don't even know what you call it. I mean, it's not misinformation if they're just ignoring information. It's like a pandemic of willful ignorance. It really yeah. is crazy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a pandemic of frightened ostriches.
0: Yeah. I'm only using the word pandemic just because that's they use it right now for everything. Sure. It's a pandemic of Ukrainian, you know, whatever Russian invasions. But it's going to
1: get us away from the, the gates. Is Everything going to be a pandemic now Can, for the next several years, and oh, we I won't see. have like a Russia gate or this gate or that gate. Oh, this is a uh, we have a, a pandemic of gun violence, we have what? a p- climate change is causing a a pandemic of heat waves.
0: I think yeah, I like your voice there. No, the the <laughs> the, the gates. I, that usually comes from our side of it, though, doesn't it? That's like the community calling it Russiagate or Pedogate or, you know, whatever else it's like. They, I well, think they actually hate that.
1: <laughs> I, so, well, OK, but I mean, it, is it or is it just something that sort of gets absorbed into the culture? Because I, I honestly can't remember, because I know that the first time that I heard it in relation to anything other than Watergate was White Watergate when it was the Clintons. And their Mm -hmm. real estate stuff in the 90s. And then after that, like everything was a gate.
0: Yeah. Everything that
1: was a scandal was a gate.
0: Yeah. And it's, I think it's, it's, I, I wonder where that actually started and came from, I mean, whether it was organic or whether there's like a reason they want you kind of tying it. Th- I don't even know. But yeah, but yeah, you're right, though. It's now it's it literally everything's a pandemic now, right? Cyber pandemic pandemic. I mean, it's, it's the virus overlap or rather just the biology, you know, like kind of like as framing human species as the problem. right? Everything, mm-hmm. everything you are is dangerous and deadly. And, pandemic you know. of
1: the unvaccinated the it's human everything. being that hasn't taken this experiment is the deadly virus that's right. what that's what the president told people
0: yep and he's wrong i mean <laughs> anybody else noticing i'm going to get into this in the show coming up too Anybody else noticing that they don't talk about that anymore? You notice what they do talk about now is they frame the people that have not gotten the new boosters and are not up to date are increasingly getting more risk. You know, you are remember it wanes. You're going to get sick again. Everyone in the hospital is not up to date in their booster. What happened to all those millions of people that didn't even play the game? We don't even talk about them anymore. You know why? Because they're doing really well and they're they're going. Thank God I listened to Steve on Slumber's Day. It's I mean, and I shouldn't say that across the board. There's all sorts of life still happens, but. It's pretty interesting how that shift just quickly went away.
1: Well, and I the the push to like mandate boosters seems to have been quieted down quite a oh bit. Oh god, they and felt quick. So, I mean, that at least is encouraging. There's a couple of different camps on uh what happens You know with with spike proteins and stuff and with people who took a shot or two but maybe don't have four and there's a couple of different theories and arguments as to whether you can like reverse or heal or you know do any kind like undo any of the damage that was introduced into your body um i i don't i don't know enough to have an informed opinion but i'm not sure if anyone else does either
0: I don't, I agree with you. I don't think anybody re this is also new and and evolving, but
1: yeah. Yeah. That's not to say like I'm some kind of super genius or anything. I just don't think that we have the, the available information yet.
0: No, I agree. I, but there's been a lot of experts that have given their thoughts on it, you know, and I think that the, the general consensus among the people that are even, even, you know, honest enough to engage with the idea that yes, they are in your body and not just in your shoulder, which there's people that are still back in square one from like the beginning of this whole thing. But that, so the, the idea is that I think Dr. Bhakti, I, I forget, there's been a few of them. Their argument is simply this, that there's no, it's never too late to stop. Right. And that ultimately you're going, it, it, you just one shot. It, you, you never know. As Bhakti said, like this could amount, this would eventually lead to a blood clot in your leg. And yeah, that could be deadly. Like this could definitely kill you with one introduction of this, but, the reality is the more you do it the worse it gets that's very clear so just stop if you're aware if you're questioning if you're uncertain stop because yes it still could have problems but so too could the the water from your tap tomorrow because of the lead and the con. you know that compounds or the glyphosate that's building in your body but yes we just need to do our best in the, what you have in the moment to stop and i do think that's all you can really do with anything you know yeah. I, it's i i wanted to point though that you to your booster point add to that, that uh, right now, as far as I've read, most up to date, 1.5% of anybody eligible has taken it. That's after like weeks and weeks of that's people are not doing it. Right. And so I think they very quickly realized, okay, we've lost, even though people that we thought were on our side, most of those were people that were forced and coerced anyway. So I don't know why they thought they were on their side because they had shots in their body. They did it for a paycheck or for a donut or to get their job, you know, but the point is Biden came out and said, what, the pandemic's oh, yeah, the over. Pandemic's so over. Yeah. I think that was intentional. I think that was a, a, a game to play to be like, oh fucking Biden. Now you know, they're all kind of diminishing Biden, even from the Democrat side now, coming into the election. I think that was a way to say Biden did it, he screwed up again. That's why no one's taking it. You know, what do you think?
1: Well, it not only that, but to to that point, that wasn't a live broadcast. Yeah. That oh, that's that's was that was a pre-ran that was a taped segment. If that was truly a problem, nobody ever would have seen that. Three people would have ran over to oh, Mr. President.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And the tape would have been immediately burned and they would have shot it again and he would have had a completely different thing. They would have waited 15 minutes until after whatever new round of meds they shot up and him kicked in and then <laughs> they, they would have reshot it. But that was not a live broadcast. And even if it was, they still have seven to two minute delays on live broadcast. That's a that's something that no one ever had to hear unless people really wanted you to hear joe biden say it
0: i think you just completely solidified my mind that this is definitely core i i that's absolutely correct there's no way that's they they, that what the very least was allowed to be put out right and so i think you just on multiple levels yeah because
1: you've got all the people there it's still got to go back it's still got to get cut it's there's still more people that are involved in that process And they're the people who were listening to the live feed audio that they were getting, deciding whether or not they were going to have to leave stuff in or remove it. So there, I mean, it's, that's not a, and it's not like that's a singular event. And I mean, if you talk to anybody who's ever worked in TV or film or any of that stuff, it is one of, if possible, the tightly managed events ever conceived. Mm-hmm. I, you show up on a movie set. You say three things. It takes seven hours. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right, man. I think the I, you really just completely solidified that for me. I was pretty convinced that that was... One of the top possibilities, but I think you just nailed it. So, again, speaks to the whole point of all of this is that every step of this stuff is coordinated, discussed, and orchestrated. And, you know, and and we are being led. The whole, I mean, I keep laughing about the video that the Army Psyops Division put out that literally said all the world is a stage. They were promoting themselves. And yet, then we talk about that and they're like, conspiracy theory. It's like, the army just said that (laughs) it's like, it's just nothing adds up anymore. As I said, everything means nothing. Nothing means everything. It's just, we're just meant to be confused all the time. And I think that's part of it. Before I get away from this, I wanted to point to show you this last one. And then we can finish by talking about the whole, uh, the point we're making before about the, um, really, we can talk about the direction of the great reset and where it's going. And we can talk about things we were mentioning before we got into it. But Mm -hmm. uh, this is the last one. I think same point, the same doctor, by the way, I'm sure that person's going to block me as soon as they realize I'm posting this stuff. But it says, so this was the first, oh, the wrong one right here. Uh, to clarify, this person said, every day I awake thinking, what can I do to make things better? I will not stop advocating for my pregnant, mo- pregnant, pregnant moms. I 100% advocate for COVID vaccination in pregnancy, safe, effective, life-saving. So I keep, I, this is one thing I just am blown away by. I want to see other people talking about this because it's just the most obvious thing in the world. This one, this is the point about the pregnant breastfeeding. And there's the one about the flu alongside the regular shot. The breastfeeding one is the same point. As I, I said, how can the COVID jab, or either one of them, because this is about both bivalent and original, be recommended as safe to pregnant breastfeeding women if the most current documents right now, as of August and September, both say they don't know if it's safe. Right. It says we don't know. It says no data are available about the use of these in pregnant people. That's the FDA. The other one is the CDC or rather the the Pfizer document use in pregnant safety of profile is not fully known in pregnant or breastfeeding women. Right. So what are they what are they saying? How can it be possible that they're going it's safe and effective because the CDC says that that's why they're saying it. And it's not, though. You see, the data says we don't know. At the very least, we don't know if it's safe. So my point is, all again, that the narrative they're spinning is, st- is not even rooted in reality. Even the CDC is just saying to it, it's safe. And the other one was the flu. Same thing. It says it's not. They never tested it by other vaccines, and yet they're packaging as a deal. Take the flu and mm-hmm. the COVID shot at the same time.
1: What you yeah. Is that the, the uh, extra strength flu shot that yeah, they're yeah. offering seniors right now? Jesus. i saw i had a thing in the doc about that, that i didn't get to um but yeah i i, I, I saw the the headline in the doc or uh shelly our, our researcher threw
0: and, and it don't in there. don't forget that the flu shots the exact same thing they're pushing with you on the mrna one now they guess every year they guess it what the strain might be and they they give it i mean that's it's usually not effective if at, at all that's that's the crazy part but no, i mean just, what, what how is that even possible steve how is that even possible i mean other than the stage
1: (laughs) well i well i mean yes it it is that but look we're you know a hundred years or more into rockefeller medicine we're and that is that has become the gold standard for the world that that model of you know um here's a pill for it yeah uh, taking chemicals,
0: chemicals and cutting things off your body that's our modern western medicine basically
1: Yes. Well, and okay. So I mean, modern Western medicine arose from uh, battlefield, you know, trauma right. surgery stuff like that. Like they did, you know, instant bone setting, and it was triage. okay. Let's yeah, triage. Let's keep this person alive long enough to where we can set a bone or fix them or take a bullet out or do whatever, and, and go back and,
0: to war. That's the point. Yes. Get them back into the war. That's where that comes from.
1: Yes, uh, and so uh, th- that's hardly a model to base health care off of, Mm. but it's become the the standard by which uh, preventative care doesn't exist. There's no profit in preventative care in the first place. Um, uh, A cure doesn't exist because there's no profit in a cure. So where then does the profit margin lie? And anywhere in between prevention and cure that you can find a way to monetize it, that's what they've done. So whatever ill effects, this has really been the pattern in the model. If we screw up on the way, we'll be able to invent something afterwards that'll take care of it because we believe in the science and we believe In the technology. Well, you can believe in the technology, but if you're applying bad science to the technology, you're going to have horrific results, especially if you have good technology.
0: Right. Well, I mean, what what you're speaking to in general, which I think is important, um, and I think we've even talked about this before. Uh, I'm trying to grab the link is, is the idea of the Rockefellers and the Carnegie's and the Flexner Report and the American Medical Association and the very clear shift in the direction of petrochemical drugs. Now, what I think is interesting, though, is that this was done. Essentially, I mean, the picture you just painted, right, where you're at a time where you've got this system and they found a way that, you know, in the middle ground you painted there is where you can you know benefit and what's a perfect way to, to find the best benefit? Well, let's work with these fa- these these elitist families and take the thing that they're focused on oil and use that to make drugs. And literally everything we're using today is based on petrochemical pharmaceuticals. I mean, so they just created exactly like you're painting <laughs> a, a, a field of medicine where we're now being pumped full of chemicals and cutting things off our body and acting like that's the best level. You know, it's, it's scary.
1: And so because the the families that were involved were also the families that you know were principally donating to other schools of medicine and other colleges of medicine mm-hmm. once it was determined that this was you know the way well they either founded a school in their name or they founded a hospital in or a teaching school, or they just became the institutions themselves. Then, and that again, that model was exported throughout the West, especially post-World War II. Right. And this particular brand of, you know, virology and petroleum chemical-based solutions uh, has that's just that's all people know to the point, Ryan, to where arguing anything holistic or anything that might be naturopathic, you get straight up called a witch doctor. It's like, crazy. by smug white liberals, even if you're a black African woman. <laughs> they just don't even, like, don't even hesitate. Why is a witch doctor? Nonsense.
0: It's, it's, I mean, it really is crazy because the, 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 the Ro- Rockefeller, first of all, died and used a a naturopath a homeopathic doctor right up until the day he died which tells you everything but yeah th- th- this is a coordinated manipulation to use the things that profit them the most at the at the, your the expense of your health like as you pointed out they they when they basically influenced this using what was called the flexner report that's the first thing to look into they put out this big report about the you know the direction they're going to be taking and then they made sure that they put their people And this was mandated, dictated. They had to do this to be involved with this new direction. Uh, They got themselves positions on all this, on the boards of all the schools. And all the schools that didn't comply were shut down. All of them were all the natural homeopath, allopathic, or no, naturopath, allopathic's the the bad, the outward internal medicine. And they shut them all down. Even though, again, he used it till the day he died. It's, it's about profit and control, you know, and, and not, not to mention just pharmaceuticals. I mean, remember, we still use asphalt for roads and things that are based on, on, on petrochemical type creation. Is that the right best thing we could use? Who cares? Still going to use it because it's about the, the controlled profit. But, yeah, that, that's a scary reality to understand. And that same point, you can see the coordinated actions there. The the manipulative orchestration, you know, driving us into what they want to be the next step. Now, I think we're doing we're living through one of those right now. I think Mm -hmm. that whole shift, even the idea of like breaking up with standard oil, you know, that that which ultimately they knew would make them more powerful, but give the illusion that they were broken up. We're watching this happen right now. We're being driven into the next step, the biosecurity state, because they're technologically at that point now, I think.
1: I, when Joe Biden comes out with an executive order about the bioeconomy where it says we want to be able to, you know, treat all living organisms like computer software where they're writable. It's mm-hmm. uh, just I mean, in like the second or third paragraph. Right. You know, very, yeah. I mean, just very, very upfront about it. Yeah. Um, the that yeah, it, no to to call it conspiracy at this point is to get, make a mockery of everything that you already believe in, because you, the unwinding you have to do to get to that point where all of the sources that you trust have to quote and repeat the president on this, which they don't. But if mm-hmm. they did, you know, it's right there in front of you. And then there's a very clear delineation beforehand of each and every step that was taken. There's always a clip of these people bragging about what they're doing personally, I believe it's like some sort of ritualistic karmic washing kind of thing. But I mean, I also know that I also know that, you know, like if you truly believe in the work, you would be proud of it and you would want to brag about it.
0: Yeah. I just was, I said just at work consent, I do, I do genuinely believe that there's a level of, of needing and whether this is just because that's the stated purpose or again, to some kind of social contract or, or agreement or, you know, you know, whatever you would call that, like the, you know, from like an occult perspective that they Mm. need you to consent to that to some degree. And the voting is a part of that, you know, but they have to put it out there. So it's, you know, we did, we stated this and now you see it and you're still complying. You know, that's, that's kind of the idea for me, you know,
1: I got to tell you, man, I, I never used to be one of those people who bought into the ritualistic aspect or nature of it. And over the last four or five years, I've really been looking at the way in which a lot of things operate Uh, and, um, the, the, I mean, flat out ritual of, you know, the hand sanitizing and the hand washing and the doing this, and you have to do it for a specific amount of seconds before it kicks in. And this is the optimal amount of seconds to do it. And then you have to, you know, there's, uh, certain things that you do with like, you know, your gloves or your mask or whatever. Like all of these things are rituals. Voting is a ritual. You are queuing up and you are going through and performing a ceremony, being in traffic. I'm convinced is an energy harvesting ceremony at this point. And it would take a lot to convince me otherwise, because almost all traffic, like, Um, big freeway loops and stuff like that almost all of them contort into some sort of a prayer wheel all of the beltway around dc itself and the system that it feeds into is a straight up mandala like it really seems like it's there not to be necessarily like a vortex but almost like i don't know a a storage container or something, And all of the energy that's in it, almost all of it is negative, at least in mm-hmm. terms of traffic, at right. least in terms of the highway system. So it's just a, you know, and it seems I don't know about I don't know about you or the people watching, but it really seems like there are days when some when it just you get like a gust of negative energy or there's just a negative vibration that's hanging over it atmospherically.
0: Yeah, no, I, And
1: the, I, know.
0: I completely I, I I, 100% believe that there is the whether we're talking about like the flow of energy or the the, the harnessing of that energy. Those are absolutely something that we just that, you know, I mean, look at what they're doing with CERN for crying out loud. Like there's a very clear awareness of how that there's a level of this that we pretend we don't understand. But the real point I make for those that are skeptical, which, you know, you should be skeptical of everything. That's, that's never wrong. As long as, you know, just dismiss things. But who, who are very, you know, quick to be like, oh, you know, a cult or this stuff or fake news, you know, the, you know, the, the Freemasons and the groupings and, you know, whatever. The point is that it doesn't really matter at the end of the day for that person whether or not it's true if they believe it's true, right? Yeah. So if those people are, do, if, you know, carrying these things out or maybe they design freeways in a way that would do that. Doesn't have to be true if you just understand that. I think they believe that's true. There are people that lean into these ceremonial openings. I mean, what's the one we just saw at that world government thing? Very, somebody put out a, a funny, uh, a funny overlay to a video where it was like this. You know, I am your lord. Do what you're telling. Whatever. But but it, the point was still with this weird. Cylinder square pillar where they're all standing perfectly spaced and looking up at it. Like, and these are like Biden's there. It's just very yeah. weird. There's all these weird opening ceremonies. CERN had a very strange opening ceremony. You know, we it's like, played
1: well, it on the show and it was strange. one of oh god it's wild. And I mean, this is, this is why, and I'm, I'm gonna, um, I guess, gonna announce something here, but we're, uh, there's a comedy festival in Vegas in a couple of weeks um, called skank fest. It's put on by the people who do the Legion of Skanks podcast, which is why it's uniquely named Skank Fest. Um, but, I mean, it is a hundred or more just insane comedians. One of the shows that's going to be there. God, you're loud, dog. <laughs> He's a freaking horse camel. I don't even know. Velvet Hippo. Um, uh, there's a show called Kill Tony. I don't know if you're familiar with it or not. I don't think so. Tony Hinchcliffe Hinchcliffe is a uh, stand-up comedian, roast writer, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, It's basically uh, people throw their name in a hat. There's a table. It's Tony Hinchcliffe, Brian Redband, who's Rogan's buddy, pole partner, um, and a couple of guests, you know, actual famous comedians. And people come up and they have one minute to kill Tony uh, and the audience and anybody else who's sitting there. Um, and then you have and then you are subjected to however much shit kicking the table gives you. That's um, funny. So uh Tripoli, um, I was talking to him because it was his birthday over the weekend. Um, and I was like, Hey man, uh Brett Ernst said that uh he was gonna give me and pasta his guest passes to Skankfest. We'll be there nice. to hang out, and do some stuff, whatever. And uh and he was like, dude, you should put your name in for Phil Tony. So I'm nice. going to do that oh, uh, nice. in front of uh Oh, there's someone at my door. That's odd. Don't worry. Hang on. I got to go check this. I'm sorry.
0: No, yeah, go, no, no. Go, go, I for, apologize. It. go for it. Here, I'll, I'll wait for Steve to get back and we'll, uh, we're, we were going to wrap up anyway in a, uh, f- just a couple of minutes in regard to that's right. We have one more thing I really wanted to get into, but since he's going to break off for a second, there was a couple things. I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get to a show today. I'm going to do my best just timing wise. But uh, I'll go through a couple of these things. I thought this was kind of just mind boggling. I was talking about this with my family today, actually, that there's a, I've never been an organ donor. And I've always gotten shit for that from plenty of people. But just because I just don't trust it. I don't think I don't trust that they do what they say. I don't trust that they might that might not be used to influence a choice about whether that they, you know, let's like just take it to the extreme where you're in a position where you, you know, are probably going to die and they could do this extra thing. That might not work, but it may. And internally, there's a choice made. Well, it probably won't work anyway, and we'll use this organ to give this child a, a you know, whatever. That we have to understand that will and could influence the choices that could be made. So this came up. I think Steve just came back. Here he is. So when I was, I was just showing this crazy article that this is exactly what I was saying. Is I've never been an organ donor, and I've, I, I've, this is exactly why. This man who donated his mother's body, which, why you would ever do that is crazy to me, to an Arizona Center for Alzheimer's Research. Well, there's why, but discovers it was sold to a US military for $6,000, strapped to a chair and blown up in a blast test. I mean, it's just disgusting. And the point is, guys, the, nothing is real. Nothing is what it looks like. And I, I don't, I, when I say that, understand, I don't mean literally everything. I'm just kind of using it as a point that we're in a world today where we're starting to very quickly realize that. There's nothing sacred to these people they don't care and I just with the government the control the people in charge this is what that just isn't insulting I mean God I don't know what I would do. I feel like I'd be burning buildings down if I found out that happened to my mother's body.
1: Oh man and it, it, you're so you're so right. It, you make the the sacred profane you make the profane sacred and right. the next thing you know you got a bunch of you know genderless transhuman things, not really people. Not really, type, you know, bio biomechanical Barbie dolls.
0: Yeah. And, going and into Ken the, dolls. The bio, yeah, the, the bio, and the, that, that's, you know, in, in, the direction it's all going. I mean, let me know if you have to go, by the way. I don't know. If you no, know no, no,
1: okay. no, no. I, I, I had to sign for something and I had to show ID for something, but neither of those things were for me. So it was, you yeah,
0: that's funny.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Pasta stuff, huh? <laughs> uh,
0: but election, so basically-
1: Election integrity guy business.
0: so basically what i wanted to kind of finish off with in general um was the direction it's all going in and oh you know what we didn't even get into and see this we laughed with this when we first started let's see if i love this show is that it's it's i don't feel like i have to go any specific direction and just i love having conversations with people especially those that have you know are, are good uh i'm blanking on the term um what's the term what's the what's the word for for conversation a like speaker uh, orate, oration that's what it is okay. orator yeah orator I, yeah um but right. i wanted to talk about where this all goes but if you wanted to comment on you know the what were the things i was referencing we didn't get into was your censorship um and and ultimately how which we kind of did touch on how this has changed the work you do in this field but you want to why don't you let me know what censorship you've endured through this and then we can finish off with the great reset which is obviously a huge factor of why people are being censored right now
1: yeah i mean i you know i actually i think today might it might even be um the original launch day for slow news day oh, nice. four, four years ago um So heading into my, my fifth year of this, but we got, uh, we got officially like monetized on YouTube, um, January or February of 2019. And by, uh, November of 2019, I couldn't run a monetized, I couldn't receive monetization for any videos, um, they still have the super chat function up on a YouTube channel that they have frozen at 5,940 subscribers for three years now. Jeez. Three years. Um, uh, the super chat function it exists on the thing, but you can't click it or it doesn't process a payment.
0: See, this is why I keep Um, pointing out just really quickly that they're, you know, Corbett said they're breaking themselves to censor us. And this is why I want everybody as often as possible, if it's on a show, point out how bad they are today. Like, just make it doesn't have to be about any censorship. Just look, just be like, God, YouTube sucks today. Look at how bad Twitter is today. And realize that that's not, let's, let's use other platforms. Like, it's not that YouTube is as good as they, what their original model was good. It really was. I mean, it was, it was, that's why it was popular. And the moment they started to attack it and break it and alter it because of political reasons, they broke themselves. So now it's not what it once was. They do suck. They do glitch out and break and things don't work. And, but I do think it's focused on people like us. Oh,
1: 100%. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, no, honestly, like if it, and this is, you know, 2019 is pre COVID. I was getting hammered for all of the Assange stuff is what it was. Mm. Um, but uh I mean, was also, you know, trying to uh, take advantage uh, of the, uh you know, on screen friendship that I was developing with people like Vanessa and Whitney and a couple other people. And just whatever that content was, was not in the line of what YouTube wants. Um If it wasn't for Rockfin, I would have starved to death last year, for sure. Nice. I, nice. So
0: that, that, that's a good shout out right there. I mean, that's it definitely one, In my opinion, it's the best in regard to the monetary aspect for the individual creator. The only, un- as I, and as I know, I've spoken about, and even this show I had an issue with, I don't like putting things behind paywalls. That's why I put out the podcast after yeah. for everybody. That's the only downside to this is that, you know, to, to the, the, mon- I mean, I don't monetize any of the other stuff I do, and I still get a, re- a really awesome return from mm-hmm. the, from the Ray token, but it is contingent on the success of the Ray token too. But I, yeah. hands down, man, without even a close second, if you, yeah. if you have good I- engagement from your audience, you, the return from rock is, is light years ahead. Of everybody else. And,
1: and what I'm really hoping, and I'm very like, I, again, I'm, I'll never not be, and I have, you know, the, aside from that, the, some issues with, you know, the just standard stuff with the site and whatever, but like, I will never not be, you know, grateful to the platform for allowing my giving the, a, a reason that my family got the I mm-hmm. do hope the value for value thing picks up in in other avenues outside of it. But um, yeah, if it wasn't for the people that subscribe that did subscribe early on, and I don't pay well anything either. And mm-hmm. I, I when we start to do the, uh, the blunt force wisdom show the relationship and stuff show nice. um, as a call in, Then we're going to do that as the Rockfin Premium, but that's going to go out on like every conceivable podcast app under the sun. Mm -hmm. And it's going to go out as kind of a trim down, you know, um, podcast form of the call-in show with the incentive being, you know, if you want to be, if you want to be able to call in, then you have to be a Rockfin Premium member.
0: It's a good idea. Um,
1: But everything else under the sun that we're ever going to do is going to be free. Nice. and then the podcast itself and all of that will be released free you know uh, as well but i mean man it's it's not getting any easier out here i do love the value for value thing if you find value in the show whatever you think it's worth to you in that moment in that day for that month or whatever you, there's a whole bunch of different ways that you can send it to us there's a bunch of different ways that you can express value and we're just super appreciative to be able to have people to talk to every day
0: uh, yeah, uh, this is. I believe, and I mean, I've been an advocate before I even heard the value for value state terminology about this. But I, I take this from Corbett' kind of idea that I mean, this is the future, and it's only not the most prevalent, I think, because it's being artificially restricted. Same, mm-hmm. same with like groups and work like we're doing. I think there's a lot of people out there that are. I mean, I again, same point. Look, I, I this blows me away when I think about it. James Corbett, his name and his work is. And ubiquitous across anybody in this field who is well aware of his unbelievable source material, the, the work he's done, the documentation, the documentaries and yet when's the last time you saw him be invited on any of these larger independent shows? Never, in fact. I mean ever. Like there's I mean, these I mean the large ones, like the ones out there that are like just underneath the corporate media but still pretend they're independent. Well, why don't they? They still talk about the same topics. There's a re- I, I don't even know, I don't want to say I know for sure what that is. I tend to think it's because he's nonpartisan and he's very objective, and that is not a good combination for the state and the people that might be adhering to that to some level, whether by choice or by coordination. I don't know. You know, but I think that's an interesting thing to think about. And I, I, I think so. The point is that there is a level to, to keep that from happening. They don't want oh, shows like these to be as large as they could be and would without be. Without a yeah. doubt. Without a doubt.
1: And, and I think that to a large extent, you see people elevated who um, have a hard time being on camera with people who are smarter than them.
0: Hmm. Right? Do you know right. what I
1: mean? Mm-hmm. And so I and like Corbett is a brilliant dude. I'm, I'm trying to get him on the morning show. I was, he was in the middle of a bunch of stuff last month when yeah, I was yeah. able to connect with him and I have the ball got dropped or whatever. Um, but I mean, you know, the, he's one of the reasons that I felt comfortable enough to do a show, you mm-hmm. know, because there, there's people out there that are, Flat out intellectually intimidating, but do have a very, very similar worldview overall. And I feel like there's you know ways to communicate um, to different people. Uh, but I mean, he's kept out for and there's a couple of different reasons. He's definitely kept out because of the 9-11 stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's definitely kept out because of how big oil conquered the world people really don't want to have that conversation. Right. Um, And and because if you put them on camera with someone who just goes into every show confident of their own ability to bring it back to their, their bullshit, Mm -hmm. you know, or to like throw out a, a straw man question or a gotcha question as a way to spike the football and move on. That's not your dude. Yeah. That he's he's gonna make you pay for that. Right. And, and so I think people are are inherently at that level, inherently intimidated by people finding out how how unqualified they are to retain the audience that they do.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. And he, he, there's nobody out there that fits that better than Corbett, in my mind for sure. He Facts. definitely knows what he's talking about. Yeah, and, and he does not shy away from pointing out the the problem or the 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 factually incorrect statement for sure but yeah but going back to the point though the value for value that's where i take that from from him you know and and the idea behind that and i definitely think that was the where i was going with that is that that's an idea that i believe would be the most prominent you know the peer-to-peer same thing with peer-to-peer economies that are attacked in every possible way that's what people Mm. seem to want more than anything i don't want the government sticking its fingers in taking a piece of the pie which is what happens everywhere say think taxes in general, however you want to talk about this, it, it, that's the, the value to value is where we should all be leaning into. And it's hard. It is hard oh,
1: because there's an inorganic version of it
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and that's Patreon or that's YouTube subscribers or that's whatever other third, fourth party subscribe service that you have <laughs> to go through. Plus a couple other pay services. Hi, Gomez. Hi. <laughs> Um, Beautiful dog. You know, a couple of the, And they, they make it they, they make it really hard for legitimate peer to peer connections to occur. Um, but at the same time, they promote the model, they promote the lifestyle, they promote the energy. It's evident in the success of Andrew Schultz, the comedian mm-hmm. who, like, made his whole thing about like, oh, well, I'm going to get Instagram famous because I'm taking it direct to the people. Well, you're taking it direct to Mark Zuckerberg. Right. But but it looks like you're taking it direct to the people. It looks like you have that direct connection.
0: That's a very interesting point. See, again, that's you brought me around to some interesting perspectives today. And I think that's so it seems that those are among serving a million other state driven (laughs) interests that it, set, it opened up like a middle ground for you to think you weren't part of the mainstream. So you're like, you know, I'm going to go Instagram direct as opposed to going direct, direct, starting a website or, but it's even then you're still facilitating through a hosting platform, you know, so it's, but see, that's just the technological world. So in and of itself, you know, that's interesting. And so the real question then becomes, how do you really go direct? you know what i mean and that's but however it is i think that's how we need to start thinking about this and and using you know not not all eggs in one basket you know but back to the point you know you can support slow news day and wake up steve himself do so directly and do so for a value that he's creating you know not because you're buying a t-shirt or because you're going to get a sticker or you know i'm sure those things are there right i know you work with uh truth clothing as well yeah (laughs) fantastic but it's that that's there if you want it you know and i think that's the true uh, that's why the, that's I think that's the reason people like us have created a level of success in within the controlled world, because there's the, you know, Joe in Connecticut is sending you $20 every month, along with other people, you know, and that's yeah. the only way you can get around it until they start shutting your bank account, that bank account down, which is coming next, you know, oh, so which
1: on. by the way, I currently am experienced so I had, uh, I haven't been able to access my bank account now in like three weeks. There was a Mastercard Dang. hack the same weekend as my tiny little local branch was getting absorbed by a different bank. So now All this my little my little bank branch doesn't exist anymore. Wow. So it's the larger company that I have to deal with for uh, the dispute program, and so. When it initially happened, it happened under my old bank's watch. They initiated a two week period because this is part of the stuff that I've had to go through. You know about this. Mm -hmm. But like, I mean, I've had uh, multiple different hacks. I've had a vehicle that was mysteriously burned. I've had a number of different things crop up and I was, you know, pretty deep into Mm the. Um, like the Assange activism and stuff like that. I know yeah. that a lot of the fallout was because of that. I know that's what my original censorship was for. Um, really, dog? <laughs> really? I'm gonna try a repeat of that show with Beely where you knocked the whole table over. Um, but um, so uh so because I've been my bank account has been cyber messed with a number of times in the past, now. Instead of the bank recognizing, oh, this happens to this guy a lot, uh, it instead triggers a mandatory, uh, automatically assigned to a human full two week investigation. So because that process was initiated with the old bank, the new bank will now not accept any of the results and there has to be a new investigation.
0: Man. Yeah. Meanwhile, your money just gets held, you know. So
1: unless unless I get sent, in th- this is no joke. This is no joke. Um, I was locked out of the Slow News Day crypto. I haven't even told this story before. I haven't talked about this like really at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I, just some bits of it, like I've, I've like I talked a little bit, but I was locked out of the Slow News Day crypto for like two and a half months because my phone went completely all the way dead. And wouldn't charge back up. I put a new battery on it. Put a new screen on it. Put a new charging port on it. You know what worked so I could finally get it is I finally got it into uh, boot mode, and I just kept there scrolling it for a half an hour and tricking it until enough juice had come on it so that I could turn it on and do a transfer. But I was locked out of that. I haven't had a way to spend any digital money. It going on three weeks now. So, and there are people who do, as part of value for value, send money orders, right? You know, to the studio. Mm -hmm. And so there have been a few times a week where I've been able to pick up a couple of money orders, cash them, and feed my dog, put gas in the car, do stuff like that, you Mm -hmm. know, and like that's you know, it's that all almost all of that's turned around now, and I'm basically through it. But this past, you know, couple of months has just been
0: intense. Same timing, same time frame, and I, I I would be willing to bet half people in the chat have something that will be like, "That's weird." This also happened. I think there's weird, and it doesn't have to mean that it's a targeted manipulation. Trust me, that's what I tend to think first, just because of what's going on. I tend to think first, but I, I consider first, but. I think it could also just be that they're, we're in the middle of a massive transition that we are all watching happen. That they're blaming on Putin. You know, they are tra- mm-hmm. they're destroying everything. I mean, I just the whole OPEC thing with the oil and what's happening. We're every possible angle. We're watching them like d de- just destroy the thing in front of us so they can justify the new thing and just blame it on crippling infrastructure that's been because of trump or whatever you know and that's a part of, i think what we're watching is something and i'm experiencing the same thing weird stuff with my phone that doesn't make sense that's like i mean I'm, i can't, i said this i think even on your show a couple of weeks ago that i said i'm like everything technological in my life is just completely freaking out my computer i just this just was a brand new computer just stop working yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I had to get a new computer. It's just like, and this is stuff that we don't talk about as much. And you know, it's just, it's everywhere though. And I, whether or not it was because of some action or because of transition, it is clearly building and it could be and can be because of targeted manipulation, you know, and the crypto part of it is a an interesting part to discussion to be had there, you know, whether, or even the banking, the banking, I want to get back to you. That scares me more than anything. We saw it you happen know, in Canada, know. right? I mean, the idea that that can just be discussed as, you know, we we'll wait. We have to wait and see for two weeks or becomes a month or whatever else. And whether that was all part of a coordinated effort, I don't know. You know, it's it's concerning to me. And I do think that's the next step that's going to be had where people get their entire bank shut down because they said the wrong thing that day, which is we're, I mean, they already laid the groundwork for legislation saying that this equals danger, equals violence, equals crime. It's simple. Yeah. They should pull the trigger on it,
1: really. They're convening. Uh, well, I mean, just a month or so ago, it, it was in Ukraine, so it flew under the radar for a lot of people. But they had uh, the you know blue ribbon panel of State Department flackies <laughs> and spooks and trying to to best determine how to get into legislation, uh, considering what we do as information terrorism,
0: right? Right. I mean, Biden's and, executive order before that did the same thing. It literally claimed misinformation around vaccines or foreign policy was terrorism, domestic terrorism. That's what they did.
1: And then California has their state law uh, about doctors not right. just following whatever ridiculous rule of the day is. It, they can get their license. yanked. California also just passed a law that if you're if you're a kid and you want to cut your bits off, Right, and you run away from home. You could go to California to get your bits cut off, and it doesn't matter if there's a warrant or a return or anything like that out for you in your home state. It doesn't apply in California anymore. Hasn't there's going to be constitutional challenges to it? It's not set in stone yet, but mm-hmm. I mean, the dude Scott Weiner, remember him? Of course, that guy. He's yeah. behind this, of course. And uh, yeah gender affirming. So this is what, and I kind of, I didn't like super go off on the show this morning, but this is what's crazy to me, Ryan. It okay. Remember just a couple of years ago, it was gender reassignment surgery,
0: right? Oh wait, this is go ahead. Sorry. I feel like this is added since I last looked. go ahead. It probably has been. Um,
1: it, so it's no longer gender reassignment surgery. It's an affirmation that you in this moment, feel a certain way and our healthcare approach is to make a permanent life altering surgical decision.
0: It's just, it's just, I they're just speechless. I mean, this is so over, <laughs> I mean, it, it blows me away. I mean, on top of that, just in a weird associated point, Canada's also talking about, I just saw it on, on, uh, um, high Wire, talking about the idea of including children who simply just have like mental issues in, in assisting them in ending their own life yeah children i mean yeah. that i mean the, the getting into the dns the dns orders do not D, dnr excuse me do not resuscitate orders in, in england the focusing on people with mental dis- disabilities like dyslexia i mean uh, the eugenics is flaring in the uk and canada right now it's unbelievable and so overlap with this and even by the way even overlap this with the idea of not separating out the vaccinated versus unvaccinated blood which is going to be included in any kind of surgery like this to some degree i would argue so oh I yeah mean, it could be anyway so that all these overlaps but yeah this is just i mean i use off the rails often but my god if you want something that really takes the cake for off the rails you're talking about the kids that can't smoke a cigarette drink alcohol drive a car go to the military but you're going to allow them based on an emotional moment make irrevocable changes to their body
1: ryan they technically can't watch an r-rated movie by themselves.
0: Seriously. I mean, this is unreal. You have to
1: show ID for an NC 17 now.
0: And it's just as, as, as for those who uh, will be listening on the podcast, the bill would authorize a court. To take temporary jurisdiction because a child has been unable to attain gender-affirming healthcare. Not, not to not go through the whole thing again. There's a, a many other parts that are important in this. As Steve was pointing out, what it discusses is that not only are they giving themselves, which, by the way, I don't know why writing it down gives them protection from anything, but they just write down like we can't be held accountable legally or whatever that you know. We're also can you know do whatever we want tomorrow anywhere. Like just write whatever you want apparently in these laws. But it I have a Ron
1: Swanson you- permit too.
0: Yeah, right. I do. Essentially, if the state over there goes legally, you're not allowed to That just they just write down that it doesn't matter anymore or they can't be, you know, but on top of that, that they ha- they uh, can also protect the opposite version of this, where if there's a child that wants to flee to their state, like it's very, very strange. And it just it's you're removing really to go back to your original point, they're creating the state as the family, the state as the authority, the state as the overarching you know, last statement on anything involving even your children or your body. In fact, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I just, I oh, mean, it well, really and is. it's
1: go ahead. It's not just where the state is. The parent, the state is also God. The The state has made you. Yeah. It's, it it's mandated for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about the, the organisms that arise, you know, after the or the separate the separation from human beings and, and whatever else the, you think about that, like that is a creation of the public private partnership. Oh, totally. And it, so, I mean, they really are in every conceivable sense of the word trying to become God.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, and this is, this is an interesting overlap. That's probably for another show. Cause it's in a huge, deep conversation, but I truly believe at some level, some of these, if not all of these people have this idea that I think never went away. This is my theory from old kind of monarch times to now. We just got manipulated into perceiving a different way. They still believe they have a divine right to rule. They believe mm-hmm. that they are meant to be ruling us, the the lessers, the peons, the you know, the, the people that the chattel, the ones that don't matter. You know, we're just there to move the machines and do the work and you know, whatever else needs to be done. And, and meanwhile, they're trying to build a world that doesn't need them and us, right? The same idea. But yeah, that, that I think that's what they believe they see it as the the Klaus schwabs of the world. You know, they I mean, and and it's not hard to tie their family lines back to some things that would make you kind of cringe, probably, whether we're talking Rothschilds or whatever else. But that they still have this belief that they are your betters and then ask whether they actually care, whether it's the right decision or just what they want to be the case. But go ahead.
1: Well, it's just I mean, this, you know, the the title of the episode, at least currently is something about (laughs) just how insanely glaringly obvious all of this is. And I mean, you just you get little snippets. Like that bit of you know, Charles with his sausage fingers shooing away the, the pens and like making hissy face noises at, you know, at the, the servant. You see yeah. it every time Kamala Harris and another head of state walk out of a building and all of the underlings are masked up and they're all just sort of looking down and the important people don't have mm-hmm. to have a mask on. They can walk around and they can look at everyone else, but not one of those flunkies is making eye contact with anybody. Mm-hmm. Like they've been dehumanized; they're part of the set now.
0: You've seen that meme. I forget who it is he's doing it to, but this is the time when he was prince, but the now king was in an in an image poking somebody in the chest, and he was a very powerful person. And it's like, who would you have to be to be able to poke this person in the chest, right? And it's like you know, it just shows you that whether it's a figurehead or not, that these they're they're. There's more going on there than you realize, you know, but to, to I just realized that we're at two hours. I don't even I don't forget oh, wow. how long you had for time today. But I wanted to finish with the discussion that we were briefly talking about before and we just touched on there. This is like I I've ta- I talked I talked about this with Jason Burmes on this, this show, Moving Target. And I've talked about this many times and I, I feel that there's an overlap here and you had some thoughts on it. And so we talked about the direction of the Great Reset there's no way to miss at some level there's a transhumanist element of this with a lot of people openly talking about this with you know elon musk and the brain link interface and they're openly theorizing about the future of cyborgs or extending your life or creating blue-eyed perfect children that are never going to die that have perfect immune systems or you know whatever it is that's that that's the transhumanist but also with eugenics and everything else involved but i believe there's a level of this that started or actually that you brought up that did, maybe didn't start with this, but I first thought was transgender was kind of an opening the door to ex- getting people more comfortable with the idea of altering their bodies and changing themselves, which doesn't mean that there's not a, a people out there that are experiencing this or that believe that. But this, are, as always, they take a grouping of people that exist and they use them for their own benefits. So what are your thoughts on that whole thing? And then we can get into the thing you brought up in general about earlier.
1: Yeah. So, I, I mean, it's hard. It, it's really hard not to look at uh, a couple of different things that have just sort of dovetailed, um, not, not inadvertently, in my opinion. And, and one of those certainly is the push to take between 0.1 and 0.01% of the population mm. and put them at the forefront of every conversation and make it so that all thought – let alone speech and deed, is a hate crime unless it doesn't conform to whatever just, I mean, interesting whim uh, of that particular community for any given day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and the, they, there's a, a kind of, a, well, I mean, to say that, that transgenderism is a form of body dysmorphia, I think is the own, the, our own terminology. You know what I mean? Like I don't feel like I'm being insulting by using that phrase or anything. But even that you could argue for a lot of people is a condition that's been forced on them. You've seen it. The whole reason bulimia and anorexia is a thing is because body dysmorphia was forced on a generation of women.
0: And social media played a huge role in this. I was just watching a a still does. Yeah. A a link about the guy discussing that about the 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 in the increase of women, young women, cutting themselves and doing that with the rise of social media and how it's you know just an overlap there, but I definitely agree with you.
1: And so I mean, if, well, I mean, really, from the moment that you put like Twiggy on the cover of a magazine, mm-hmm. yeah, girls running in the bathroom puking. You know right. what I mean? But I, so but and and that's where kind of the whole, uh, you know, body mod thing popped into my head, too. But this is a, a that you it's impossible to look at it without seeing it as being agenda driven, because even if you know the the people that you know in your life. That are gay are usually pissed about this. Mm-hmm. They're usually like, "Hey, wait a minute." And the story that I told you before we went on, well, I went to, to Roger Waters' Saturday. I hosted a, a table for Assange defense and was getting signatures and stuff like that. There's been a table at every Ro- Roger Waters show on the U.S. tour. They, you know, coordinate a really cool thing. Um, <laughs> uh, otherwise, I never would have been able to afford the ticket. Um yes. and I, and we had killer seats. Um, and it was just awesome. Uh, and there was, and I can't remember what song it was, uh, but there was um, a huge multimedia show. And if you've been on Twitter or Instagram, you've probably seen some clips of it. Um, but just a big X and it's the imagery ran all the way across. Awesome. Just awesome. Awesome. Oh, dude, it was so nice. cool. Um, but he was showing all of these different faces of people whose rights have been historically trampled on by the U.S. empire. And then at one point it starts flashing um, the different kinds of, of rights that are being advocated for. And um, no, no, no LGBT or no L, no LGB rights, no, no gay or lesbian rights, none of that. Um, but there were a bunch of different, right. And then th- there were varying degrees of cheers and T-Mobile arena, T-Mobile arena, probably 10, 12,000 people there. Um, not packed, but by no means empty. Mm-hmm. Um, and it got to trans rights on the screen and the whole place just kind of watched it roll by. And then the next one was human rights and the whole place erupted in cheers again. But I mean, this is a, you know, the, the average person going to see Roger Waters isn't necessarily us, especially at the ticket price they had and did parking and all of that crap. Mm-hmm. It was a, a fairly well-heeled crowd, most of whom, by the looks of them, rather, you know, mainstream liberal. Uh, and he's like, nobody was how They weren't even being performatively woke in the room. So I kind of took it as a bit of encouragement.
0: Well, at the very least, you know, whatever you feel about it, it shows you that the perception that they're pushing is not the reality, at least in this small example, you know, yeah. how is it possible you got, um, that nobody would cheer? I mean, isn't that supposed to be the thing you're supposed to cheer about? Isn't that what they're telling you? You know, yes, and it's sported. not like
1: <laughs> it's not like anybody was booing. It's right. not like anybody was throwing stuff. They're just like, oh, Roger, okay, yeah, no, I guess you go. Human rights. I'll clap for human rights. All right.
0: All right. Yeah. see again. I mean, I, I agree with you. But aside from putting any lens over it, you know, who knows why what they were feeling individually. But the fact that they didn't... So the way you described to me earlier is they were cheering for all of them. Yay for this one. Yay for that one. And this one, silence. The next one, yay for that one. So they made a conscious internal choice to be like, well, I'm not going to clap for that one individually all at the same time. That's pretty interesting to me. And all it speaks to is that they're either going well, I don't support that in the context alongside the others. It's not as important as those, or it's a manipulation entirely. I mean, who knows what they're thinking, but it shows you that there is a political agenda around this. That doesn't mean that people in that position don't have a right to advocate for what they want to advocate for, but there is an agenda to this. And that's a point I like to make too, that you said earlier, is that there's, it's a very, very small percentage of the population, which is rapidly growing. I don't think organically. I have all these kids are being in, in the new fad, changing their bodies when they're being allowed to, but, that it, it's, I don't know. It's it's just very interesting to see how this has evolved and how we're watching this overlap. And to bring it back to the point about that, I do believe that's why that's being pushed is to open this door to the idea that it is okay to alter your body, even if ever you know, even if it doesn't make much sense to anybody else, or even if we don't agree with you, even if we don't think it, you know, like the the the, the, the Black Mirror episode where like the implants and her eyes and her phone and her hand and all this stuff that of course went weirded out and she like had some weird surgery problems or whatever else. It's just they kind of want this to be accepted and then you go back to the point about when we were growing up. And I found this to be really insightful that I hadn't thought about. The idea of like your tongue piercings and your your piercings in general, the gauges in your ears. I didn't think about that. Now whether well, that's socii or not, go ahead. When you're I, so I
1: I I've told I I'm pretty sure most people know this about me at this point, but I used to do renaissance festivals for a living and that meant you'd be in some place for like eight to ten weeks um and then you would go anywhere from like 600 to 2,000 miles to your next job where you would be for eight to ten weeks Mm -hmm. and um this was you know right at the the break right at the turn of the century um and so it was uh uh, Jim Rose Circus and Spike and Mike's Twisted Animation mm-hmm. and a lot of pop punk and a lot of everybody sticking holes in themselves. Mm-hmm. And man, I I got pierced up and I got tattooed up and all that kind of stuff. And I don't really regret any of it. I had giant gauged ears, uh, two sets, you know, and the big mm-hmm. thing going through I had my nose pierced with a 12 gauge septum and I had a LeBray, and I and a couple other piercings. And I did a, a show uh, where I had like 30 different barbells put in a pattern in my back for like a, a tattoo and piercing show kind of thing. Like it was I did a couple of hangings and a suspension. And, um, you know, I mean, it was a thing. Mm-hmm. You, you, it was a whole, it was a whole vibe, but, well,
0: but the point right there about the fad too, and whether that was just, you know, going along with the, what was going on in society, you know what I mean? And now you don't have them. So it's kind of, at, le- at least you could take it back if you didn't want it now, that's not the same for them, you know? <laughs> well,
1: and, and there are people that got like the permanent implants and mm-hmm. there are people that got their tongue split Ooh, and yeah. there are people that got like their cock split. And there's people Yuck. that got a whole bunch of like, um, you know, genital piercings that now have absolutely no feeling in those particular parts of their body. Yeah. Um, that's rough. and, um, you know oh yeah dude like i mean i like I know a couple of people that were in the jim rose circus and, and a couple of them are just downright bum now you know uh i mean it, but it was it was something that took you out of society it modified your body. there were people that were getting hr geiger biomechanical tattoos because that's yeah. kind of the you know aesthetic that they were hoping to go for yeah and that was one of the art forms that was being pushed super heavy yeah. um And then you get to the point where you actually are removing or adding things to your body. And so far, it's still flesh-ish, flesh-ish, you know. Um, But the very next step from that is, okay, well, now I have a a, a mechanically enhanced this or a mechanically enhanced that. And while they're doing super soldier programs, they're going to be selling it as have an upgrade to whatever part of you that you are uncomfortable with. It's permanent plastic surgery because it's a bio enhancement.
0: All right. I mean, we can see, I mean, even the, the metal part, you could argue might have some overlap in the way that that was being pushed to what's going on with 5g. I don't know. You could ask. They
1: really start. I know they really didn't when we were doing all the piercing stuff. I know that you really started to get like X'd out of society. Totally. When you stopped wearing the metal jewelry and you started putting like the bones and the wood and the antler and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And people were like, Oh, you're not even, you can't even fuck with stainless steel anymore. Like you're, (laughs) You're a little bit too weird, man. I don't See, think, wrong bar. Yeah,
0: I, I know that when I, I, I'm the same way, by the way. And I, and I remember in high school, I got my tongue pierced and you know, whatever else. And I'm just remembering how that, why, right? And, and if anyone who's going to be honest about it is not like, you know, everyone's going to want to be like, no, no, I just, I liked it. I thought it was cool. So I did. no, that's not what happened. We all did it because it's, we're, we're social animals, right? And yeah, yes, I did like it. I thought it, lo- it was cool. But why did I think it was cool? Because it was a, the cool thing. I mean, every, we're all influenced by this. And that is a perfect overlap to what we're talking about today is that would I have done that if I was if nobody else had done that, if nobody else had been, of course not, I wouldn't have even thought about that, you know, and so it's 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 a it's a fad and it clearly yeah. has become less of a fad, but it grows and people get influenced into doing it. And I did it because I wanted to, you know, in any case, the over the idea of the trans and the kids and the, the California allowing this. I have never been someone that said that if somebody gets to a point in their life where they want to do this to their body. And we've established 18-year-old whatever that they're you know mentally capacity. The capacity is there, then then do what you want with your body. I really don't care. You could do whatever you want with your body. But the idea, this weirdness of opening the door to children at a point when we yeah. acknowledge they can't make these choices anywhere else, at a point when they know that they are being guided by what the government tells them is okay, by what the people around them tell them is okay, it's wrong in every sense of the word. And I do think there's an overlap with this of opening that door to Allowing the new generation to make choices about what I do think is coming. The bio enhancement.
1: Me too. And again, man, if you can't, if you can't get on an airplane unescorted, you shouldn't be able to have what gender affirming health care. I, I feel like I, without, without a whole bunch of people in on the conversation is what I mean, you know, yeah. like i mean, be at the very, 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 very least. But I mean, I've I always still, advocated I still, wait until your freaking brain's fully developed before you make a decision, like,
0: that. of course. I, but I even go as far as to argue this is my personal opinion that I, there's if we're establishing like an age of of like a mental capacity, which even you could argue if you really want to get into it, that that's the debatable, right? That's an p- opinion of the of your betters or whatever, you know what I mean? That's, that's not what I think of the, the elitist, but you, you could, you can, uh, I just lost my train of thought there. What was I saying? Um, Oh, the kid themselves should not be allowed to do that in any sense, because ultimately what you're allowing is that your parent is OK, so they can because I allow them to do it. Well, you're, that's still a child that's making a choice that the parent just allows them to make It's at a time when they don't know or it's the parent driving that choice. It needs to be at a point in time when they can go back, you know, when we agree their mental capacity is there because then they can accept their own choices. You know, because what's gonna happen if you do that and then you grow up and you're 18 and suddenly you you blame your parents for allowing you to do it or whatever. You know, it's yeah same point, you know, and it's it's
1: and then that can set you off on a whole downward spiral of different problems if all you're gonna do is sit around and blame your parents for your own yeah, for your choices. Yeah, your parents should have stepped in in a couple of different places, probably. You know, but at what kind of psychological manipulation were they under? I mean, like, I de- really. Where do we delineate here, and like, who's responsible for their choices if they've all been subjected to mass formation? And then, how do we determine like this? It's weird right now, man. It is. It's it is. really weird.
0: I but I I simply argue that there you can't let that diff. Like, I agree with your point. I, this is the same thing with COVID, where it's like you know we have to acknowledge that these people have been. Aggressively manipulated. You know, we all have been, but pre-9/11, same thing. It's like, you know, we all have to realize that we were all tricked from the moment we're born and going to our Prussian-based schooling system. And that's that we all we we this, which is true. We should look into that. People that don't that think that sounds crazy. The idea that this is, I said Prussian with a P for those Paul watching, that that this is controlled, and you know, it, it's about guiding you into a world where you think these things make sense, you know, it's I just think we need to stand back and, and and acknowledge and realize that we collectively can't allow this to be driven by fads and what makes sense by the the people in the media and the control. Because I'm of, a, of an opinion at this point, I truly, and I'm, I'll say this over and over and over, that the majority does not buy what's happening. And so if that's the case, how do you break free of that controlled reality where they allow kids to continue to do these things and let them take these choices that will Never be taken back, and, and so on. You know, how do we get past that?
1: What everybody's got to be Spartacus. Everybody, everybody's got to be Sparta You have to be.
0: There's no, well, there's always going to be followers, there's always be people that are too afraid yeah, I mean, to step out of the crowd, you know. So, how do you get them to realize that they're not that the crowd's well, already we in front of You see it play out
1: successfully all the time, man. Like, you and I got the crap kicked out of us for. A year and a half straight, almost two years. I mean, just pounded on, on every conceivable angle, you know, monetarily in terms of reach, in terms of being able to find a platform to do the show, the pirate shows going through different channels, you know. Um, losing accounts, losing the ability to communicate with people who want all of that stuff. We, we got the crap kicked out of us and never stopped mm-hmm. and, and turned it up a little bit more the entire time. And every time we got hit, we were like, "Pussy," you know, <laughs> and, and, and kept going. And it got to the point where it became absolutely undeniable enough that people like Dr. Peter McCullough went on Joe Rogan's show, right? Mm-hmm. After Joe Rogan talked about ivermectin, which opened up the floodgates for all of the people that had been fence sitting for the last at least six months when it, right. at that point, like September, October of last year, when it was really obvious that we'd been right the whole time and that if nothing else, we at least got a high five out of it. Maybe. Mm-hmm. No. no <laughs> right. um, but I mean, it was so that, I mean, the, when the when the moment broke there when it became okay to talk about for a couple of people it really did sort of open the floor and we can argue about whether or not that was too late for a number of people in my opinion it probably was and that's the way this kind of controlled release of information works in the first freaking place right but but we, we do have proof of concept that once a certain number of quote unquote respectable voices say the thing out loud, it allows yeah. for everyone else to recognize what, it, what they're looking at.
0: I, you know, I, I agree, but I have a hard time feeling like that's a win. I wonder whether or not that's exact. Like, like this happens every time. Like once, like this is how I framed anyway on the show is that ultimately you get to a point to where they're already engaging in the next psyop. And so it's like, they let the, uh, the gas out of the last one. So you, so everyone's going, Oh, everyone's pointing backward. Right. Yep. And are all, yep. and it, it is too late though. Cause they've already yes. gotten what they wanted from it. And so there are, you know, and, and so I don't know, I, I, I hate but to be did, pessimistic about it, but. But what
1: did we get? We got a, a, an increasing community of absolutely amazing, beautiful savages who are ready to like, you know, to ready to show up to do something if they need to. And whether, yeah. if that means dig a ditch, that means dig a ditch. If that means help somebody, you know repair a piece of clothing or you know be a setter or whatever like there are those people that that have all risen up throughout all of this yeah i mean i had you know had bros on this morning we were talking about the insane growth in freedom cells and the insane mm-hmm. growth and in kind of the whole like uh overall maybe not maybe not the particular like exit and build thing that that john's trying to do but that mentality and that opt-out mentality people have really been putting that in the practice and i contend that the reason you don't see it saturated on social media is because they actually did effectively you know um like unbank and decouple from most social media and they might be on a couple of platforms here and there but they're not throwing it out as much and the community that you have with t remember when t lab was one dude remember that Mm -hmm. Uh Remember that? How many, (laughs) how many you got in there now? Come on. I mean, you know, take it from a personal viewpoint and see what you've been able to build as a result of this and how your personal community has grown. And like, and understand that that's, you know, that that's happening in a lot of places, more, much more so than it was a couple of years ago.
0: I'm so I I greatly value and appreciate your optimism because I I'm always trying to promote that, but just, you know, to play the counterbalance is, is that, yeah, has there been wins has there have there been positive outcomes and when yes hands down my only point is again because I, I just to make it clear before i even say that I, I i do agree with you i believe that the what we've done what the people in our chats have done with the work and the effort we've effectively stopped this for now or at least put a stick in the spokes of what it was supposed to be i fully believe that my only question or my only app you know but the only reason that gives me pause is that I definitely think that there was a controlled release of this. Now I do, and I, I believe that's because we forced that, but is it enough at this point? Or, I mean, that's not even the right way to frame it. I just, I just wonder whether or not it was a coordinated release of this information. And, and the point we made before about the right people on Rogan or whatever, whether that was a coordinated release of information or not. Not maybe not McCullough, but maybe just the inc- asking him on the show. I don't know. You know, again, yeah. I'm I'm not trying to be overly trust me. I I am with you. Just we should just end on that. I completely am with you. We have made a difference. I just don't want to end on a negative note, but I want that question to float. You know, like ask yeah. yourselves whether that's what will continue to happen and whether we can get ahead of these narratives in the same way instead of batting back at the thing they want us looking at. You know what I mean? But yeah, let's let's finish with that point, though, is that I think we have, unless you wanted to make a comment about that in general. about the... Well, no, I, I think
1: that, that if anything, and this kind of ties in everything else that we've been talking about, especially the way that we've had to change as a result of the last couple of years, is that mm-hmm. we've been able to, if not pinpoint with, um, you know, laser precision, what the next several steps are going to be. We're in the room. We're doing a, a, an effective job mm. of, of kind of staying at pace, maybe not in front of or ahead, but we're pointing this out before or, or really earlier, you know, than anyone would like us to. And that, I mean, it's why, you know, we get the most, we, we get the most backlash, the most real backlash, but it's also why everybody's growing because they i think that that as much as it really can look like everybody just sort of you know forgets goes back to sleep or gets distracted by like the midterm election cycle or something like that
0: right um
1: i those numbers really are peeling away now where they go after that we don't we don't get a control but what are what we have been doing um is not slowing down in the least bit. You're doing more shows than you were last year. I'm doing more shows than I was last year. I don't know anybody who isn't. Mm -hmm. And I don't know anybody who hasn't looked at this as an opportunity to prove to uh, anyone who's willing to pay attention what consistency, dedication, some imagination, uh, and uh, the ability to like, tolerate the sound of your own voice for extended periods of time. <laughs> yeah, you don't You me. know, can't get you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I agree, though. I agree. Everything, you know, the, you made a great point there, though, is that it's about just staying the course, man, and having the ability, the wherewithal, the, the vision to see how this could go and, and not being afraid to, to ask the unallowable questions, you know, which tend to be the most important these days, it would seem, and maybe always. But I think that's where we end it right there, is that the idea that we need to ask ourselves whether or not and really, whether or not it's ever been, but especially today, whether or not the mainstream media awareness spotlight is even the majority or ever mm-hmm. has been right. The idea that it's possible that groups like us or anybody else, and I'm, I'm even excluding for the moment the large independent media shows out there that appear to be the leading ones of the day and but and tend to be truth light and not real and leaning partisan that maybe they're not even as prominent as we're told and leaned into for a reason. And that really there's groupings that maybe maybe it's not even us. Maybe there's other people out there that are, that truly are like the number one show that are watched by everybody around the world. And you just don't see it because they refuse to let you see that they censor the links on media, which they're admitting to every, we own the science on climate change, or, you know, we made them remove that Corbett link about the fed or you know what i mean they tell you these things or as well as the fact that their only place you get those perceptions are from the corporate media so on a positive note it may well be that there are people out there that are the joe rogans of today that you just don't see because they don't mm-hmm. let you you know
1: 100 man um thank you
0: it's yeah, been well, fun this been, yeah. it felt like
1: it felt like 45 minutes we're gonna turn around and do three more or well you're not gonna do three more hours on our show we're gonna hang out for a little bit more tomorrow on our show too
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Tomorrow. That's right. Yeah. I, yeah. I definitely think uh, that today the timing is not going to work for the show for those watching. So I, I will be doing the show tomorrow for sure, but I'll be doing uh slow new or a.m. Wake up tomorrow t- a.m. So make sure you check that out. But yeah. What do you want to leave us with here, Steve? Cause I, I really, by the way, I didn't, I enjoyed that. It didn't, I rarely, as everyone knows, do interviews past an hour. So I did enjoy the conversation. Um, what, what's going on. What's coming up in the near future with you and, and, you know, drop your social media links and give everyone else uh, something to, yeah, two. for sure.
1: So uh I the all of the social media is at slow newsday show. Um we're getting separate. Th- well, I guess we have an AM Wake Up Twitter. Um, but uh AM Wake Up is on Rockfin and Rumble, uh under that name. Uh Slow News Day is still still everywhere you can find that. Uh that's also where I do the Blunt Force Wisdom show with my friend Sugar every Thursday evening. Uh if you're a Rockfin, well, no, we're doing it for free still for another couple of weeks. Um, so pull up for that. Uh, let's see. Um, Garland Nixon's going to show up at nice. like nine o'clock tomorrow. Uh, um, like we, Oh, I love Garland, dude. He's rad.
0: He's he, 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 boy, he, I used dude. to go on, uh, um, uh, fault lines just because of him. <laughs> yeah. I, I miss him on that show just cause it's, it's, he was, he was, yeah, he's a good guy, man. I had an,
1: he has a show called the critical hour that he does with Dr. Wilmer Leon yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 and, and that's that's good. I, I they put me on all the time for some ridiculous reason, but we have fun. Um, uh, Vanessa Beely is going to be back on this week. Nice. Um, uh, we're going to have in studio uh, Keisha and Courtney Banks uh, are going to be in studio on Wednesday and should be here in a few hours. Nice. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's just there. It's it look, it really is. Uh, the best damn morning show on the interwebs, and, and I'm I'm gonna be like, like I always try to cite my sources, and you do too. I have no compunctions whatsoever about admitting who, who inspires the show, who we're deliberately trying to rip off, and what we're trying to hopefully put our 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 spin on. And we're you know doing um, a, a show that's been, like if you took the best aspects uh of what like you know good morning radio used to be Mm -hmm. um and you combine that with like the format that no agenda has made work and then you also include um long form interviews like we're doing all of that in three hours and i don't think anybody else is or at least this way so i'm pretty proud of what we've been able to do and i'm ever so grateful that you have become a part of it at least for you know uh, um, yeah. however long the, the Tea lab Tuesday thing gets to continue, but man, dude, just feeling really fortunate, uh, about all of it.
0: Yeah. You guys are doing great work, man. And I don't see any reason that would stop. It's just perfect. The timing's just perfect for me. I wake up and I'm not doing anything else usually. And it's just perfect. But, but, uh, you know, in general, I would add to that, you know, and then you take all the stuff you just listed and you completely submerge and drench that in honesty and good intentions and, due diligence. And then you got the AIM wake up show, right? That's that's the point is that that's what I think is the most important is that, you know, you guys, you got in, you know, I, I'm not going to, I believe this, I'm not telling people, to you come to your own conclusions. But that you guys care about what you're doing and you want to do right by people and you believe in what you're saying these are rare things today as much as anybody wants to challenge that even people that you think otherwise I'll point out many examples that I would argue show that's not true but I believe you guys have good intentions and that's all that really matters you know I mean it's the old saying good intentions you know pave the way to hell kind of thing but I don't even know if I believe that anymore I think that as long as you really try to do right by the world you can make mistakes but if you get back up and you keep aiming in that direction I just find it hard to believe you're gonna end up in the wrong place personally. So great work, man. I really like what you guys are doing. And thanks for being here, man. I had a good time.
1: I appreciate the heck out of you, my friend. Thank you.
0: Well, as always, everybody out there question, everything come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.